This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast, and you're not going to believe the news I have for you all today. A, you're all wonderful. Yes, Aww. even you. No, you're all sins are forgiven. Everybody's wonderful. I, I know Alex you have that power, but that's fantastic. Thank you. I do. I do. I uh, I have done most of my sacraments, so I am allowed to absolve anyone. If you believe in sin, I have absolved you from. Let's spread the word. Okay. It's a it's our new Patreon team. I'm gonna okay, so I'm gonna go get to some sinning, and when uh-huh. I come back, absolution, baby. Let's do There's it. There's a little uh, asterisk that's you know uh, sins uh, uh, liable to change. Uh, mm-hmm. Not all sins are actually forgiven. Uh, not Brad available Alex. in Tennessee. <laughs> yes. Uh, big news today. Mm-hmm. Did you know that this, according to my rundown, is episode eighty? What? Eighty, 80. episodes. Eighty episodes. All right. When did we start? We started in June, June twenty twenty one or eighth. Yes, last year. It was the first week of June. Does the math check out? I think it does. Okay, great. I think we're on schedule. Fantastic. Um, eighty episodes. What a milestone! 
Yeah, we're going to be um, sometime next year, in the middle of next year, if all goes well. And by all goes well means that the Earth is still rotating. We could be in triple digits. Mm, we we my could. God. We could. so fast. We could. We could not do anything for episode 100 and have and talk about we should do something for episode 100 be like ah let's just do episode could the episode 100 just be us talking about doing something for episode 100 (laughs) yes and then sometime during episode 100 we will say well actually you know technically the 100th episode was the last one because we did the pre we did episode oh yeah we did episode zero yeah yeah we we broke everything yeah we always break it Folks, you're listening to the Next Lander podcast. Like I said, 80 episodes. I want to thank everybody, of course, for helping us get to 80. I want to thank the video games, even the bad ones, for helping us get here. All the news. Especially the bad ones. Especially all the acquisitions that have happened Mm -hmm. that have allowed us to get here. Not so much all Uh, the crimes. No more crimes, please. No, the crimes we could do without, but... um, And we'll talk more about what's going on in the world of video game acquisitions later, but on this... On this (laughs) this episode, on this episode, episode 80, we'll be talking about High on Life, the Callisto Protocol, Melatonin. Uh, Alex, you saw some uh, Forspoken, and uh, we have played, or you have played the demo. I did not play it. Uh, And possibly some updates on everyone's favorite game, The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, and some Crisis Core? reunion has touched the crisis core uh we got a lot to get to because we're also going to talk about the game awards that happened and the a thousand trailers that were shown and we're going to talk about some of our favorites so without further ado let's get right into the video games let's get starting with high i want to get high get high oh i see what you're saying okay that's my be real impression it's not very good the realist uh high on life squanch games squanch games squanch squanch this game does this game does not run on squanch tech oh, this is a run on unreal some flavor yes. of unreal okay yes. well as most video effect. games do now okay well i would have liked if squanch tech had made its way into the video game world high on life okay is this okay so this is the third thing from them because there was the rick and is morty it? vr and then there was trover oh, saves the world yes. Okay, yes. I, I knew I knew about Trover. I totally forgot there was also that Rick and Morty. It was very VR forgettable. Thing. That's so that's understandable. Yes. I played that thing, I think. Yeah. It's so not much. Okay. Uh before we get into actual high on life, the video game, this is Justin Roiland's Game Studio. It is his game studio. Yes. Well, at the very least, he is the creative director, but I'm pretty sure he also is the founder of the studio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's one of the founders, according to this internet documentation I'm looking at. Okay. He is uh, all over this game, High on mm-hmm. Life. And if you don't know, <clears throat> it's uh, uh, Justin Roiland of uh, Rick and Morty fame. Uh, in it, I would say this game has similar vibes and a, a similar sensibilities, I will say, to yes. Rick and Morty, though it is not yeah. written by Justin Roiland. Is that correct? So when I went to see it uh, some weeks back, they mentioned that at the very least, he's not the lead writer on it. He may have okay. done some writing for it, but he's not the the primary writer on it. But he is certainly the central performer in it. Yeah, I, I, I've read in reference to this game recently, like he tends to improv a lot of his dialogue. Yes. Okay. In the booth, so I guess you could say de facto he wrote a lot of his lines. Like they probably gave him a prompt and just said, this is what we want here, and he just went, and that is the style of humor here is bits that just go. (laughs) So, sure. So High on Life is a game where you play as an earthling 
Uh, the planet Earth is invaded by aliens that want to use the Earthlings for drugs. Basically, a criminal alien criminal cartel. Uh, the has- G three. The G3 has uh, enslaved most of Earth and are going to smoke them or do whatever they do to them as Harvest drugs. Them. Harvest them. Uh, you have uh, escaped fortuitously because you have found a Gatlian, which is a sentient race of um, creatures that resemble guns with different yeah. kinds of ammunition and powers. And they do have projectiles. This is, yeah, th- this is this is the talking gun game. Yes. It's a talking gun game. So you start off with, um, oh man, I always forget his name. Is it Kenny? Yeah, it's Kenny. <laughs> Kenny the gun, which is voiced by Justin Roiland. Uh, and you get other guns along the way, uh, voiced by other uh, known voice actors or actors and actresses. Jamie Smoove is one of the first ones you I, get. There's a few others. I, were, were these not known? I'm looking at the Wikipedia page and there are n- names such as uh, Thomas Middleditch and Jack Black on here that I wonder if those were not publicized before release. So not all of those are guns. Um, okay. Some of those are just people who voice it like Tom Kenny uh, does a couple of significant characters in the game. Maria Bamford does a couple of significant characters, but I don't think either of them do guns. Okay. Uh, so you the the kind of uh, thrust of the game is you are trying to take down the G three cartel by and by doing that you're trying to take down certain high ranking members as basically bounties. You're trying to you go to an area. It is run by a cartel member, a high-ranking cartel member. You work your way through the level. Usually, or in my experience, I've not finished the game, but I have done about three now or four of these. I'm on the and, fourth ba- bounty now. Okay. And it seems like the setup is either you will get a new Gatlian in the course of the level, or you will get a new Gatlian by be- defeating by beating the level. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And the Gatlians usually have some kind of... Um, like a shotgun mechanic or rapid fire, but also a traversal mechanic. Yes. A trick hole, a trick hole, a trick hole. So they all have like an alt fire as well, which is their trick hole. So, uh, let's say Kenny, the Gatlian you start with, uh, is your basic hand cannon, your basic blaster with a trick hole shot. That is a lob shot that kind of launches enemies up into the air. Uh, you will get uh, a shotgun that can, um, you know, create, platforms also, for you it also has a vacuum that sucks uh smaller enemies in so you can blast them up close or sucks their armor off yeah. and uh, uh kind of gives you, i think it gives you the benefits of the armor too or at least it says it does um i think it does uh a time slowing down mechanic on some other guns there's um so there's like a traversal which will allow you to explore other areas of the level usually in service of finding chests which contain money which you can buy upgrades for either the gatlians or for your spacesuit uh things like better health things like a slide mm-hmm. uh things like um that power slide's pretty good i gotta be power, honest that's like one slide. of the better things you get <laughs> power slide's pretty good um so uh, there are there are upgrades there are um I would say there's variety in the levels, but it's it's of a similar aesthetic in in levels so far. The shooting is not there's not a lot of variety in. Like they give you some different level based puzzles or traversal things to deal with, but by and large, whenever an enemy show or there is a combat sequence, it is an arena style. Like here's a a mm-hmm. a batch of enemies, disperse with them. Maybe some more will warp in, but once you're done, then you just kind of move on to the next section. Yeah. I, I the game opens with you playing a faux early '90s PC first-person shooter, which yes. I felt was a bit telling. Yes, about what kind of game it will be because <laughs> it is kind of like that. I mean, it's a little more open than that, but 
And I will it say is, that opening is, bit is one of the better bits in the game. I, I laughed at that part. Yes. I, that, that intro is pretty good. So, okay. So I guess this is the, the kind of big thing with this game. It is it is a kind of serviceable shooter wrapped in this. It's a comedy um, game. It's, it's straight comedy. up a comedy game. Yes. So I've had fun with it. I, I, there are parts I have laughed at. There are parts I have panned. There are parts I have sighed at. Some of the, my issue aside mechanically from the gameplay with kind of this, the sense of pacing with the, the humor is it's a lot. It can be exhausting. That's what oh, yeah. I found. It, it can be a lot. The faucet is kind of always on. Uh, and it's not necessarily the chatter from the guns. It's kind of the. Um, it's a lot of the side characters, too. It's the tone of it. Yeah. The, the tone is, you know, it's it's a, it's. It's dirt, it, it's a dark comedy. It's kind of like Rick and Morty ish, kind of sadistic in, yeah. in ways. And, it's that same kind of dirtbag sci fi that yeah. uh, that Rick and Morty and also Solar Opposites, the other animated show that that Royland's company does. Uh, it, it's the same idea where it's like it's a bunch of sci fi shit, but also everyone's a scumbag and yeah, and horrible things happen yeah. often. And in uh, the bits themselves, like there are some good one liners, there are some good short jokes, but its its recurring theme is the thing that are like kind of the I mean, you see this sometimes in Rick and Morty. It's a bit where a character just keeps going way <laughs> past where you think the joke will end. And yeah. like it, I'm talking in some cases minutes where you are standing. You can always leave. You don't have to listen to all of it in a lot of cases. But there are times where a character will just be like, you know, I'm yep, I'm the goop guy. I'm the guy. You want some goop? I can get you some goop. I'm the, like, it, it, it's not good goop. I'm going to tell you right yeah. now, it's fake goop. But I, you need the goop if you're going to go. It just goes on for that for like 90 seconds. And, and sometimes that's very funny to me and sometimes yeah. I want to move on. But like it is it is a lot of that and like I said sometimes it's fun and sometimes uh the stuff is like okay. Mm-hmm. But um it's I I'm I'm enjoying playing it for the most part. I would call it kind of um average to slightly above average is my experience here. Like I don't love it and and I find some of the combat to be a little tedious sometimes especially in those arenas where I'm like Okay, really? We're going to do another a wave of this? wave? Okay, yeah, come on. Uh, like, come on. But I am excited every time I do get a new gun. And uh, um, and I do enjoy the new mechanics and some suit mechanics. I do enjoy getting the new traversal mechanics. The jetpack is nice, too. When I got that, I was pretty happy. Yeah, there's like there's some interesting stuff there. Uh, and it's... It's okay. Yeah, like it's it's, uh, it's like I said, it's it's not everything has to be fantastic and not everything has to be terrible. It's kind of right in the middle there. Yeah. It's a v- Yeah, I just I, for comedy though, I feel like comedy can't not hit very much before it starts to wear out its welcome. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, for like the shooting sure. part being kind of whatever is like tolerable. It's not it's bad, functional. you know. Yeah. Well, the problem like that, That's fine, but like the, com- the comedy kind of needs to keep up its end of the bargain at least for me. I I don't know. This is this game is probably my most intense exposure to Justin Roiland to date. Like I've never seen Rick and Morty. I don't know shit about shit there. And like, it's been decent so far. Like, yeah, it's, 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 but, but again, like maybe I just haven't had a chance to get worn out on that style of delivery. Yeah. But. I mean, I, I've seen all of Rick and Morty and I think more of that show hits than doesn't. I think here it's a closer to a 50, 50 average for me. Um, the problem is the other 50 are some of the longest bits in the game, and that's maybe mm. where I, I'm having a little bit of exhaustion with it. It's yeah, like, that's, it's not unfunny. It's just that it chooses to labor on parts sometimes that feel like they ran out of joke, and the only way they're going to get through it is if they just beat you over the head with the fact that they ran out of joke. 
Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a little, there's sometimes that thing of, um, they're doing intentionally doing a thing to be annoying, but it doesn't make it any less annoying. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's like, okay, yeah, no, I know it's supposed to be funny cause it's annoying, but it really doesn't make it any less annoying. It's actually really annoying. Um, and it was funny when we streamed it, I feel like there was a, the, the reactions were all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. uh, one of the funniest ones that I read was, or one of the most interesting ones was, I think Rick and Morty is super funny. I don't think this is, which is fair. You know, like it's, yeah. I, you know, it's shorthand. Hey, this is Rick and Morty, but Rick and Morty is highly edited. And the and those bits are seconds long sometimes, so you're in and out of a bit. This is not this is not edited at all. You're no. you're kind of one long take for all of this stuff, which is hard. It makes comedy yeah. hard in games. Yeah, but even even in like that hub city, even if you walk away from people talking, like you're still going to hear what they're saying as you as you walk away. You know? Yeah, like and like the stuff that goes, you can't just immediately like bail out of it. Uh, so you know, and there's only so much you know setup they can do in a game for the comedy because you're in control of the character for the most part. So unless they take it completely away and do a cutscene, you're mostly in control of what's happening, whether you're going to look at it, you know, the angle you're going to do it's, it's tough. That stuff has always been hard, Yeah, but I mean, I, I want to play more of it. I, I kind of want to wrap it up. I really have no idea how long it is, but it I doesn't can't imagine feel, it's too long. It doesn't feel long. It feels like something that is probably no more than 10 hours. If I had to guess, um, um, at least at the pace that I'm pushing through it. And there are there are mechanical issues I have with it, but the, but overall I feel like I'm doing all right with it. There's yeah. there's some navigation stuff sometimes that I'm like I'm kind of lost here. They give you a waypoint you can find, but if you go back into a level, sometimes they won't show you your um, waypoint. Like mm-hmm. if you put the the HUD up, and it's like I don't remember where the warp gate is here, man. You're gonna have to help me out. Uh, there's some reasons to go back into levels, those loot chests, the warp cores, um, you could do some warping in of special stuff there. Did you yeah, go to Cutie Town? I haven't warped in Cutie Town. I bought Cutie Town. You should go I'm, to Cutie Town. Okay, I have to find where to warp Cutie Town in. Would you remember what level it's in? Uh, I think you can kind of do it at any area where there's a warp zone, like okay. the um, the the old town place, the the shitty fucking uh, asteroid old, place. Old there town. was there yeah. was a spot where you could warp stuff in there. That's where I did it. Okay, I should check that out. Um, yeah, uh, some stuff is... Um, they are doing some interesting things, just heads up, if you are playing in the margins where you have a bit of a Mega Man-style choice of uh, the bounties you want to take on. Uh, slightly, you know, they don't give you everything They give you like front. two at a time, and you can decide which one you want to do. And it does seem like there might be some, hey, this was a better one to do first, or this fit my play style to do first than this other one, or you got some information before yeah. on, on one uh, that helped you out in another one, and it's maybe it's reciprocal on both of them. Uh, you know, I don't know if one is better to do than the other, but I want to say even there might be information in the levels to help you out with boss fights. Oh, there of, is. Like weak, weak points and, and things like that. So yeah. there was, there's what, I, I mean, I won't spoil the bit, but there's one bit where I got a specific gun before I went and did another mission. And that gun commented on some stuff that gave me information about what was coming up in the, the final encounter. And it actually okay. changed the, cause I did it. It was the same section I did in that original demo that I played. And I did it with, you know, like I, I had the other, I had the, the Kenny gun out when I played it in the uh-huh. demo. So I tried the other gun and he, he actually clued me into something. So there are some like slightly different paths you can get and some different bits you can get depending on which gun you have. Like in the, the stream we did, I couldn't pl- pretend to be the boss because I didn't have the needle gun. 
Oh, okay, interesting. So, so we'll they made me go through the paperwork mini game that you have to do as an employee, which you huh. don't have to do if you have the other gun. That's, That's interesting. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And there's stuff uh, like that. And there's also, <laughs> they did a, a deal with Vinegar Syndrome, which is a uh, <laughs> boutique Blu-ray label that does a lot of grindhouse uh, classic slasher and like skin flick type <laughs> stuff. I mean, they occasionally do big movies, too. Like, they did uh, the Roadhouse 4K that just came out, but also they do a lot of kung fu stuff. Anyway, they uh, they apparently have, like, four full movies in oh. that game. It's uh, not just the one. Yeah, Tammy and the T-Rex is the first one that you run into, uh, but apparently Blood Harvest, Demon Wind, and Vampire Hookers are also in there, which right. are all movies they, all they just- put out. Do they all just play on that same TV in your house yes. or do they show up somewhere else? As far as I know, and I think there is also a movie theater you can warp in. So that might be huh. how you could just sit down and watch the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> More games should have entire movies in them. Agreed. And Vin- uh, Vinegar Syndrome does fantastic work, I have to say. I, so great I, label to partner with. In, in the wake of finding that, I was like trying to find other games that do that. And The Darkness mm-hmm. has. What is it? What is the movie in the darkness? Oh, what is it? It's some noir film, isn't it? I don't remember. Like Matt, I don't remember. I don't remember. Max Payne had some stuff, but that was all fake. Yeah, all the all the remedy stuff is typically their own in-house stuff. Yeah, I feel like there have um, been some. There has to be others. I, I tried yeah. to find a list of games that have whole movies in them, and the, the darkness was the only thing I could come up with. I feel like they're usually in the public domain or something, or or you know, yeah. The man, it was the man with a golden arm. In the darkness? In the darkness. It was The Man with the Golden Arm, a full episode of Flash Gordon, the film The Street Fighter with Sonny Chiba, and cartoon shorts of Popeye and Gabby. Okay. <laughs> All right. I've also apparently uh, To Kill a Mockingbird is in... Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Yes, I started to say that, and I wasn't sure that was right. Huh. Um, I think High, Li- High on Life is all right. Uh, yeah, that's I, kind of my I, feeling on it. It's too. not. It's not bad. Which you know, like it, it's it's placement on Game Pass feels pretty appropriate. Yeah, yeah. For for how for how hit or miss it could be for a lot of people, I think and trying it on Game Pass is is a good way to go. It does seem to have some very divisive reactions. I mean, even even for people who like Rick and Morty, some people just don't think seem to think this game is funny at all. Like, I don't think your Royland association is unimportant, mm-hmm. but it is possible. Even if you are a Royland fan, maybe this won't hit one won't hit for you or maybe it will i i it seems all over the it's sense of humor humor is incredibly <laughs> right, yeah. specific yeah, yeah, to yeah. the individual yeah I, when we streamed it the other day the reactions in chat were like straight 50 <laughs> 50 either yeah. like okay i'm on board with this or like fuck this, this is the most annoying <laughs> yeah. thing in the world yeah i i do think if you do not like that if you do not like the morty or rick or that type of kind of halting delivery, that mm-hmm. kind of improv halting delivery, then this is probably not for you. No. Because that that is kind of the delivery of almost every character, maybe barring some of the other weapons. That kind of like, hey, da, 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 what, 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 what are we going to do? What are you going you gonna, to you gonna shoot me? Like that, yeah. that kind of, um, which I don't mind. Again, I also enjoy uh, Rick and Morty, but I think the pace of Rick and Morty the edited pace, they can get away with a lot more faster. A 23 and, minute and episode is a lot fire. different than a 10 hour game. That's right. Packed in, right? With yeah. just a lot of stuff. So high on life out now. It's on game pass at 60 bucks. Uh, if you're looking for it on the PC or if you don't have game pass on Xbox one, uh, do you know, like, is this slated you mean to Xbox be? series X? Sorry. Yes. Xbox series X and Xbox one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the and, family. Uh, the family. Do you know if this is slated to move on to anything else, like PlayStation? I don't think they've said. I would, I would assume it will eventually. Yeah. After a little while there. Uh, Squanch Games. Yeah. Squanch Tech. I do think this is probably the most successful thing Squanch Games has made so far. In turn, I, I didn't really play Trevor Saves the World. I watched a little of it. I wasn't super into it. I thought that Rick and Morty VR thing was kind of nothing. This feels like a pretty fleshed out game at the very least. Yeah, for sure. It is definitely a full thing. Yeah, I'm curious to see how it wraps up, honestly. Mm-hmm. I want to see what happens with the old Gatlians. It does feel like they are telegraphing every twist in like the most obvious way possible, but I think that's also part of the joke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're going to take a quick break here. We're going to be right back, and we're going to talk about Forspoken. Stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel them. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we're back, and we've got a game coming up here. For 2023, Alex Navarro, you have played it. There was a demo out. New releases. That's right. Uh, 2023 is soon. Uh, This game's almost about only a month out. Month and a month and change. January. It's preposterous. Forspoken. Yes. We saw a lot of this in in leading up in press conferences and stuff. Yeah, this has kind of been Square Enix's big original project that is not the next Final Fantasy kind of in their hopper. Uh, Yeah, although it kind of basically is. I mean, it's it's essentially the Final Fantasy 15 team. Yes, it used to be known as Business Unit 2, and now they are uh, Luminous Productions. Yeah, yeah. but this is their first, like, full original game. Yes, and so, you know, there's been some chatter about this game and and the way it was promoted. I'd say somewhat similar to how High in Life was promoted, in in that the tone of the trailers, I think, was kind of off-putting to some people. The amount of, like, kind of Whedon-esque, snarky dialogue happening maybe was a little... uh, uh, grading i don't know joss, joss whedon must answer for his crimes against the culture uh it, it, i think he will elude capture unfortunately um wow. but yeah so i i kind of went into this de- they had us come out um 
Uh, there, there is a demo that is out on the PlayStation Store right now, but that is not what I played. What I ended up playing was like a straight up like three chapters of the game uh, that had story stuff and kind of everything that goes on. The demo that is out is a very simple like, hey, go do these combat sequences and kind of explore this section of the world. And that's it. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's any story in that demo other than kind of a like cut together, just sort of like sizzle reel of yeah. some cinematic scenes, right? And I kind of get it because they want people to just at least get a feel for what the gameplay is and the different uh, magic and spell types. But honestly, seeing the way the story is delivered, I think was actually pretty important to me not hating what I was playing because I was very worried going into this demo that it was going to irritate the shit out of me based on what on the trailers I had seen. And other than a few lines that I think are kind of groaners, I didn't really have that experience with it at all. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you, in a modern context, you could see how whoever cut trailers for that thing might want to lift out the snappy, quippy, here's what people are like these days yeah. parts. This is what the kids a, like, right? A, right. When, when in fact, like the ratio of that stuff to other stuff might be extremely low. Yeah. So it's a real, like, you know, kid in King Arthur's Court type thing where you are Frey. Uh, a woman from New York who is having a very bad time from what I understand uh, and is trying to get out of the city and kind of restart her life elsewhere. And somewhere in the midst of that, she comes across this magical bracelet cuff, whatever you want to call it uh, in a pawn shop. And it starts talking to her and also opens a portal to a magical realm that is not of earth. Does she buy it? I don't know if she buys it, if she just puts it on to try it. They don't show... So I didn't play the first chapter, which okay. is, I think, where all the setup is. I played chapters two, three, and five, okay. uh, which are kind of her getting her feel for, like, what's going on in the world. And then the end, the last chapter was, like, moving your way toward a significant boss from some of the stuff that happened in the story before. Okay. Um, what you got questions? What do you got? So she's this young adult is teleported from New York to Fantasyland. The bracelet yes. um uh kind is of British. Stephen Merchant esque um mm -hmm. and uh but speaks English? Speaks English. And speaks they do English. remark upon that of like, how do you speak English? How do all these other people speak English? Uh, and he's just kinda like I don't know. Magic. It, throughout the universe, throughout the different dimensions, languages have a tendency to be very similar. So I don't know. It, it seems like they're kinda hand waving it. <laughs> And the bracelet imbues the magic. Uh, uh, what did you say? You didn't say Fay, did you? What's the Frey? Frey imbues the magic to Frey. Like she doesn't have magic of her own. She no. is okay. So no, you you show up in this kingdom, and it is the. Uh, stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh -huh. There is a darkness spreading throughout the land no. that is infecting everything. Oh boy! Oh boy! Why is this the default thing we're all doing now? Why, the darkness. What, darkness. Like, what has always started been there. that? But like the spreading, you know, cancerous kind of like right. infection what, what, what they, of darkness on everything. What do they call it here? The break? The break. So like, okay, let me ask you this. Do you, you remove the break by doing certain things? And does it kind of like disintegrate into the air? and Heal the land? Heal the land. Okay. So I you mean, do a little bit of that, but honestly, a lot it. of... So here's the thing. The way they set it up is that the break has kind of ravaged this world. There are a handful of cities left where people are able to survive, but eventually the break kind of comes for everything. Mm -hmm. And when you're infected with if you're a living thing that is infected with it, you kind of turn into a monster. Bummer. But Frey seems to be able to move pretty freely between different areas and doesn't seem fully affected by the break. 
So, and they, they a lot of people are like, I don't understand why you're not being fucked up by this. Is okay. I do have an actual question. Mm-hmm. Is does the bracelet understand the mechanics of bringing Frey in, from New York into this world? Like, is it aware of what is going on there? The, it's a little unclear. The, the The bracelet kind of alludes to the fact that it does not fully understand everything going on. Okay. It is not. It doesn't know it is from this realm or from somewhere else, but it does know that it was the thing that turned opened the portal that led you here. But I was hoping. I was hoping we get some like bracelet commentary on hanging out on a pawn shop shelf for the last decade. Or <laughs> oh, he does comment like, about that, like the the plumber that owned me before you or whatever. But he's not, like, recruiting heroes to come. Doesn't seem like okay. it. Okay, okay. And it seems like uh, I'm going to just shot in the dark, shot in, shot in the break here. A shot in the dark? Shard, shard. Mm, <laughs> a, a, shard, a shard in the dock? A shard in the dard. Yeah, it's it's worth a, two in the hand, yes. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's an episode title. No. Sure. That he can't just return her back to New York. He doesn't seem like either he's able to or wants to. It's okay. it's not again. It's 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 sort of a can't or won't. It doesn't say so. Okay. So like she's got she's probably on some path to do this, or maybe she's the only one who can. Yeah. Okay. And so you know you eventually like in the in the demo I played you end up in a human city or what appears to be a human city and you're kind of talking with some people and they're kind of giving you the lowdown on everything that has happened so far. And they are constantly remarking on your weird accent and your weird clothes and all that. But um, so once you actually get into the meat of the game, it is an open world environment. There are things spread throughout the air of like the the map of, you know, optional objectives and like rest zones and things like that. But it seems like whenever you get to a main story thing, you are kind of there maybe are some alternate paths, but you are kind of just you are you are moving toward an objective. Okay. Um, in in and, the open world, or they like port you into dungeons or cities there are or port dungeons, but there are also areas in the open world. It seems like, um, and so the combat is focused on a couple of different things. You have what effectively is like weapon magic. Uh, the one they had in the demo I played was only one type, which is I think the purple magic. It's all color coded, um, and that is where you basically shoot various kinds of projectiles out of your hands. Do you need to know the colors, recognize the color? Like, are, are there, hey, this person is bathed in red. You should use green magic on them. This or? seems like a game that will have a lot of uh, accessibility, accessibility options. So okay. I assume there will be some kind of colorblind option for people. Okay. Man. They think they said there were like five different colored magic types. Okay. okay. Um, the other kind is spells, which is more like support magic. Uh, there's like the ones they showed me, like one you just like whip a giant tendril around and knock everyone around you. There's one where you basically can like put down a plant drone that shoots bullets at things. Uh, there's a few like they showed like four or five of the ones that were available in the in the demo that I played. Okay. Um, and the combat is pretty frantic. Like it is, it's a game that is a mixture of traversal and heavy combat. And so she has like magic parkour. Mm-hmm. She can kind of run up walls and and bounce off things and and dodge and weave around stuff. I kind of I enjoy what I came to think of as these sort of like Chuck Taylors made out of light that appear mm-hmm. around her feet when she runs up walls and stuff. They're just kind of like magic magic tennis shoes, sort of. It's it's the one thing she won't change out of when they give her her fantasy costume. She's like, nope, these kicks have been with me forever. I'm not no. getting rid of them. Um, and then there are also like obviously there's a skill tree. There's other magic types you can unlock. There are also these buffs you can do that are uh, 
they're like runes that you paint on your fingernails yeah and you I get different designs over time I, I love that i love that you like equip different buffs by changing your nail polish the funny thing is that Frey says, like, I'm not a nails person, but uh, if this is going to be good for me, then I'm going <laughs> to become a nails person. Uh, but yeah, so it seems like there's a decent amount of variety there. There weren't a ton of different enemy types in the demo that I played, but again, it's pretty early in the game from what I can tell. Mm. And But the combat had challenge to it. Like, not terrible, but it is it was challenging. And, you know, I fought through a couple of boss encounters and some bigger encounters, and... You know, I had to think on my feet and I had to dodge around a lot, but uh, it's pretty frantic and I would say reasonably fun. Kind of 20,000 foot question here. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? What do you mean? Like, why? What are you like? I know you said you got to stop the break or stop the darkness, but like how? What is what is what is her? What is her? Well, like, her goal on, is, on the day goal to day. <laughs> what is what is the most common icon on the map is what you're asking. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so what I saw from, I mean, other than the the rest areas, which are just like little inns you stop into and recharge your health and pick up some items, uh, it seemed like there were a decent amount of like challenge dungeons you could go to. Okay. Um, but the real thing is, she's trying to get home. There are people in the world who at least are making illusions that they will try to help her do that, but they need her help first to do. So the thing. it's a video okay. game quest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like go. I, and so is there um did you encounter a big bad that is in charge of the the break or the darkness or like some so some the way embodiment of this thing? The way the world seems to be split up, it has kind of a horizon thing going on, which is to say that the society itself has kind of broken out into some different sections and there are these different warlords that kind of run. Okay. So you're doing favors for, yeah, but also like they, some of them seem like antagonists. I can't tell how much of them are, how many of them are villainous versus just kind of pissed. Okay. Um, they only showed one of them in the demo that I played the first one that you encounter, but like the first town you go to is ruled by a council of four and one of them's like a real like Grima Wormtongue shithead type that seems like fully in the the employ of the the shithead warlord, okay. and the other three are just kind of afraid and don't know what they're doing. Um, so I I don't really know exactly like how this is all divvied up, but the person you are going to go fight, I didn't end up finishing the final chapter because I was there for like two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um, seems to be that first warlord witch lady that you encounter. Okay, so. It sounds like you're basically trying to figure out a way to return back, and in doing so, you're going to be helping people fight the darkness or the, yes. the break. Okay, uh, it's a mutually beneficial thing. Yeah, yeah, win-win for everybody, yeah. except for the break or the darkness. Okay, and all the people who died. Yes, and all the people, uh, the people who are turned. There's no way to turn them back. They just die. Well, so there, there's an illusion that some people who are infected maybe aren't fully turned, mm. uh, but a lot of the people you see running around in the environment are just zombies, uh, and you just have to fight them. Okay, and they just die. They just die. You get a horse? Uh, I, so that's the thing. I don't think so, or at least uh, not in what I played. Um, I, I started to say it during the stream of the demo we did the other day. Like, It feels like you're going to get, like, just like I said, with the magic shoes, like you're going to get like a magic hoverboard or or something at some Mm -hmm. point. Like if you get a means of rapid conveyance, it will be something that ties into your weird bracelet shit. Magic motorcycle. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. That would be very in line with Final Fantasy 15 magic, (laughs) magic, a magic Cadillac. Oh, well, yeah. no, they moved on to 16 at this point. You know, it's it's all fucking Game of Thrones shit now. Well, Um, no, but I mean, this is the same team. I know. So, uh. You're excited to play when it comes out in January? 
I mean, I went from thinking I was not going to like this game at all to feeling like, okay, I want to try this out. I want to see what the final game is like. I want to, I want to, you know, give it some time because mm-hmm. I did have fun with what I played and it feels like it is reasonably substantial uh, in terms of production. Like, you know, it's got good cutscenes. Like the acting is, is reasonably good. Not every joke lands, but there aren't, a t- I didn't encounter a ton of them. Like it's not constantly barraging you with quips like you the you know the, the bracelet kind of cheerfully doesn't like you very much hmm. uh or at least seems frustrated by you and you are pissed off at it for a while because you don't want to be here but they kind of get out of that dynamic relatively quickly and they just kind of start figuring out ways to work together and and things to focus on so i appreciate that it does not seem like it is going to be a non-stop barrage of you and this person hating each other do you think you will become a ruler of this land. I don't. If not a ruler, then at the very least, you will have re- regular access to it when they eventually bring you back to New York. I don't know when that's, the sequel that is, happens. That's the unavoidable question at the end of this kind of story, yes. right? Does she does she go home or does she choose to stay? And is this yeah. a Narnia situation or mm-hmm. a uh, Kingdom Magic Kingdom for sale sold mm-hmm. situation where you will? Oh my gosh, she's the only one. I'm looking forward to it as well. It looked from what I saw you play of the demo more mechanically dense than I was expecting in yeah. terms of the spell mechanics and the combat. There's a fair amount of game there, and I will say there. I, it seems like Luminous' this whole thing is particle effects, and boy howdy, there are a lot of particle <laughs> effects happening. Uh, that is for Spoken coming out near the end of January. Uh, let's go into a game that is out currently. Brad Shoemaker, you have spent mm-hmm. some time, all, the time, in the Callisto Protocol. Yes, probably all the time I'm going to spend. I I finished it last night. What are your thoughts? Considered deleting it this morning as I needed space on my PS5, <laughs> which probably tells you, man, I'm torn on that game. I was pretty into it last week at this time and then got even more into it after that podcast and then hit a point where it just kind of plateaus. Okay. And then the plateau starts ramping back downward. Mm. Oh, okay. I kind of, I just felt, I I feel like I was waiting for an escalation to occur that never came in that game. Like, So you peaked early, you crescendoed earlier than you, you, you wanted. Like, I got the last weapon a couple, three days ago, and it's exactly the generic weapon you probably think it is based on what you already have. Okay, I can probably make an assumption, yes. You never get anything else, you know? Like, there's never any, like, the enemies don't really change by the end of the game. The environments, with one exception, don't really change. Mm. Like, the story doesn't fully, I mean, the story kind of wraps up in about as predictable fashion as you think. I, I don't know where you're pretty deep in. It sounds like I, you told me where you were before yeah. this and it, you're, I wouldn't say you're close to the end, but you're closer than I thought. So you've seen a good chunk of it. Uh, I think, have, are you in stealth? You've done stealth. I have done right? stealth. Yeah. Okay. There, we, we said last week, this isn't really a stealth game, even though yeah. it technically has stealth kills. You never I get did, to use them. I think I'm at, I'm, I'm hopefully nearing the end of that part. If not at okay. the end of it, I did not enjoy having to be in stealth. Yeah, you you get to a point where stealth is all but mandatory, and it, where where before it's kind of impossible, and it feels a little clunky, and it feels like you just game it in ways where you're trying to get um, instant kill prompts by like kind mm-hmm. of shimming around to get the right prompts to come up, where you're like, this is silly. Just I have to be like three quarters of the way behind them or to their side, even though uh, it, it almost turns into um, stealth in the way that the stealth 
not as good as, but like last of us style where you're like, okay, you're kind of doing this thing where you want to get instant kills on all these enemies. Otherwise you will get overwhelmed. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You do not want to fight. You don't want to deal with the situation that arises when you make noise in those kinds of areas. I mean, I I do feel like they are intentionally kind of trolling you with some of those enemy placements and how hard it is to get, get around behind those enemies that you can do it. You just have to be incredibly meticulous and, I feel like that was on purpose. Um, um, I, my my biggest issue so far, aside from some of the pacing and the split paths they will put you down uh, for side paths and main path, or I feel like there's an inconsistency with the rules of combat and the game. Like there's there are points where I'm still this man this long into it, not sure if I'm gonna break a character out of an animation or if they're going to just hit me through the animation. I whiff sometimes with a swing where it feels like I shouldn't whiff on a swing. Mm. Um, sometimes he lunges forward to connect, you know, like it locks in yeah. and it'll like lunge forward. And sometimes he just whiffs and I get hit or we both take damage. So that's to me is my, probably my big, even with the stealth stuff, you know, you're not supposed to make noise. And it's like, I can stomp all I want. I can, you know, I can do things that make so much noise. Even the stealth kill sounds like it is like a cacophony, but you know, heaven forbid I make the wrong type of noise for the yes. stealth part. You know? the, yes. What, what the game arbitrarily considers loud enough to trigger enemies yeah. and what it doesn't is kind of hilarious. Yeah. So like the stealth kills themselves are incredibly <laughs> so loud. loud. There's screaming and, and moaning. And yet you can do one right behind another one of the enemies and they don't even flinch. So those kind of inconsistencies with the combat, especially because you are, you, you get upgrades later, but you're still fairly fragile, especially in a group yeah. setting. Um, yeah, just, I mean, okay, so have you done what is kind of the closest thing it has to a boss fight yet on that ooh. moving platform? No, I think that's what I'm up to. Oh, you're I think about I, to I, okay. I think I am okay. on the, I just turned on the power for said Oof. moving platform, so I think Dude. that's what I'm up to. There is some shit. I mean, we talked about this last week, that there are some, like, rough combat encounters in terms of getting overwhelmed, and you're not really nimble enough to deal with it. Oh. Yes, there is some shit in the back third of that game. Like there is, there is an enemy that can kill you, that kills you in one hit. If it touches you, you're dead, okay. regardless of health. And it can also kind of catch up to you behind you, and you can't really tell how close it is. But there's no quick 180 in this game, so you uh. just have to kind of slowly spin the camera around and try to run away from it. And I don't know how many times I died to it, just it grabbing me because I thought I had put enough distance between it and me to get away and like reload a weapon. Or whatever, or I got hung up on the environment for a split second, and that was enough for it to close the distance, and then I had to do a whole fight again. Like it's just, ugh. so that's, and then yeah, that's rough. There aren't that many of those, but they're not great. And then the last boss is like an even worse version of that. I thought, I thought, like, dude, I don't even want to get into. It. I I was very clearly on the last boss last night, and I was like, okay, I really want to see how this ends. And then I also thought about turning it off. Like I genuinely. Oh after six tries on the last boss, I was like, you know, maybe I'll just turn this off. But then I powered through it. The, There's some rough shit in there. The game is, it's weird. I, I mean, maybe I'm missing something in terms of the communication of your powers, but, uh, or your, your, let's say your grabby power, the, I forget what that grip, 
the grip. grip power. I still don't know how to read that bar on the back of your head all the time. Like that bar is tiny. And then when you're in the aim, it gets big. And then I just use it until I run out. I'm never yeah. really quite. I just kind of internalize how many grips I can do because I'm not really sure how to read that bar. Also, when you're crouched, you, it's on his neck. You can't really even see the bar. Yeah, or yes, <laughs> that is amazing. Like there's a lot of oversights with this game. And that's a major one that when you are crouching and aiming down sights, you can't see your health or grip yeah. clearly oh, at geez. all. Um, which, you know, you can kind of get through a, a decent amount of it. It's not that big a deal, but like I said, you're kind of fragile. And sometimes the encounters you're, if you're playing an encounter for the third time, you kind of have your, okay, I'm going to grip this guy into the wall. Then I'm going to shoot this guy and I'm going to try not to let anybody get behind me. Cause once they're behind me, you're kind of done. Like you said, Brad, you can't really run away cause you're too damn slow to ever run away from it. You'll just get hit in the back twice. You know, if you're trying to run, run away enemies yes. will turn you around which is really a pain in the butt they will grab you and just turn you around so your back is now facing an enemy it's the situational stuff can be really tough enemies and corridors can be really rough um they we showed it and they've showed it in promos so i don't think this is a spoiler but enemies the one thing they do change up about after 30% into the game, maybe is enemies have a chance to mutate and mostly they 100% will mutate later on in the game by having tentacles pop out of their stomach. And it's okay because if you shoot them in the tentacles, they usually go down in one hit. So that's, yeah. that's okay. So that's nice. But also they, they stand close to you in a way that sometimes it's just hard to get that shot in those tentacles. You almost want the character to just have a thing where he just shoves the gun in their stomach and just <laughs> shoots because you have to aim down the sights and you just wind up hitting them in the head or shoulders. And you're like, I, there are a number of times I have just let out and exasperated like, come on, I definitely yeah. hit him. Yes. yes. And they're just so, like mutating. Okay. Well, you're really going to have fun with the last several hours of this game <laughs> because like it's that it's that in a bunch of quasi boss encounters where you don't have time to do things like heal or change weapons. Okay. Without just dying. So yeah, yeah. the weapon changing is pretty slow intentionally, I think. And also the checkpointing is not good. Uh, the checkpointing yeah. in some areas I, are like, They'll put you before a cutscene or a long elevator ride or something, and you're like, uh, "Really? Like, I'm gonna do this thing like four times? Just checkpoint me a little bit closer." Yes, um, I've had to like go in. They don't even checkpoint you um, after you do major upgrades on that station. Yep. So there mm -hmm. are points where you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is the fifth time I'm selling all this stuff yep. to buy this upgrade to do this encounter." Mm -hmm. Like, just che just checkpoint me after I get done with the machine. Again, buckle up. Um, definitely, definitely more of that stuff. I, yeah. So yeah, I, I still, think I'm in this, I still like it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. You're kind of getting to where I got to. Like I, I wanted to finish it because it felt like it had enough promise. Like you know, they tease that things are going on here, and they are. Like in the prison, you know. Like why is there an outbreak? You know who's running this place? Like, did you get the trophy for the secret rooms where? Um, um, I found at least two, and then a trophy popped up, and it, I looked at the name of the trophy, and I was like, is I it, still don't know what the hell you're talking is that, about. Is that, is that the Calipolis trophy? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I missed one of those. I looked that okay. up afterwards, because I'm missing two trophies, which oh, are that no. one and the Beat It on Hard. Oh, there's a Beat uh, It on Hard? Okay. And I, and I would have gotten the Platinum. I can go back and get the other one and get that. Wait, are you playing but, on Hard? No, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. Um, I can go back and get that other secret room though off of a save, but like that's the thing though they set up little bits of like oh is there some secret society here like who's mm. doing what's going on here there's like a guy behind a guy behind the guy here mm. right like clearly and like like I said all of that stuff 
just plays out in the most straightforward, predictable way mm. imaginable. Like there's just not really anything there to sink your teeth into in terms of reveals or the truth of things or, or the storytelling. There's a little bit like the, the acting is good, you know, like, yeah, Karen Fukuhara and Josh Duhamel do most of the lifting there. And like, it's not, I like, you know, I liked your buddy. Uh, I like uh, Ian oh, Elias. Elias, sorry, like, I like Elias. Well, I mean, lifting on the heavy story stuff. The, okay, the, the what is going on here? Like, what is everybody's agenda? Yeah, Elias is a stuff. prisoner. He doesn't really know, right? Yeah, he just wants to get the fuck out of yeah. there, and then, like, yeah, I just I was just waiting for something more on every front, like gameplay wise, environmental design. I mean, there is one shift in environment right at the end that is kind of cool because the game looks so good, but it's mm-hmm. like a little out of left field and feels kind of incongruous with the rest of the game. Like I was hoping for more story, like more anything really Mm -hmm. like it just, it had a slow ramp. Like we said last week, like it's, it's kind of weird to get your head around the combat, but once you do, it's kind of fun despite its problems. But I just, I was just waiting for like a game that I never got at the end. Did how far down the, um, upgrade tree were you able to make it by the end? Were you like, percentage wise of you you absolutely cannot buy everything like i obsessively not only collected and sold like every valuable item i could find but also a ton of my ammo and health just to mainline upgrades even doing that i upgraded basically all the basic the passives on every weapon okay but i don't think i got you know i got one of the kind of every weapon has like an ultimate alt fire mode yeah i got one of those Okay. And there, I got almost every, like, more ammo, more damage, better stability. Like, you I did, got, okay. I got almost all of those across all the weapons, and I almost maxed the grip and got most of the baton upgrades. Because so, they, they really escalate. The price goes, like, 300 yeah, yeah. Well, they start, then 2700 they, they start throwing items at you that are pristine, worth 1000 a a each. Pristine. I think I, uh, I, I think I got at least one that was worth 1500 like, Oh, my gosh. Really okay. throwing currency at you, but... So but you can't get everything. You cannot get everything in one playthrough. Uh, so that's another thing with the rules of this game. Um, they have those security bots, which give you pretty decent rewards for killing them. The I forget what they are, like uh, CompuCore. Let's say I think it's a decoder that comes decoder. out of those robots. But you so. come across mostly malfunctioning robots, uh, quite a bit, and you're like, dude, just stomp the hell out of these things and grab those cores. Like, why? W- there's like. There's there was one room that had like five of them in it, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh my gosh, this is, <laughs> this is this is gold here!" And you just walk by them, you don't you don't do anything. Uh, I did find if you're if anybody, uh, um, I was worried about this. There are environmental kills which you can do. You can still stomp the enemies to get their creds or whatever, even if they're impaled on spikes and yeah. stuff. You just yeah, all you got to do is break them open somehow. Or just hit them with the baton. Yeah, yeah. hit them with. I the mean, baton. I, I enjoyed the spike walls. Like there are fun things <laughs> so about the silly. combat. In this. Yeah, like once once the, especially once you upgrade the grip and you're just throwing enemies left and right into spikes and into each other. Yeah, like when you fully when you fully upgrade the velocity on the grip. I think it's random. I think it'll just proc a kill on an enemy when you fling them. Sometimes you can literally just fling one enemy into another and he'll just explode over the other enemy. I mean, the environments are ridiculous. They, they are, yeah. tur- there are basically energy turbines that are just meat grinders. Yeah. That, it's, that it's just turn on very video gamey. Uh, and they just get people, the enemies just get chewed up in there. But that, yeah. by that same token, there's maybe, uh, I don't want to sell it too short, but there's maybe in uh, what I'm up to, maybe five enemy types, like total. Yeah. Like, you've seen almost everything at this yeah. point. Except I, for, I, except for basically the one boss ish. Mo- okay. You fight an enemy that seems like a, it's a boss. And then later you're like, oh, they're just going to start throwing these in with regular enemies now. <laughs> did, but that's the one hit kill one I was talking about. But that's it. Like that, there's that and like a last boss. And that's basically all you're going to see. And that's kind of 
what I'm getting at with this whole thing is that it just feels like it plateaus and I was waiting. It felt like I, it felt like it was going to build to a crescendo that never came basically. Mm -hmm. And like, it just kind of ends and like, there are some reveals, but they're not earth shattering really. And like, I just, I just wanted more out of the back half of the game. One, one final question here. Cause I am going to finish this. Is there any way to not get hit by those weird snake heads that come out of the pods where you have to match yeah, you triangle? Can, you can shoot them before you get in range so, of them. You just have to look for them. Okay. So, cause there are pods out there and they look like the other pods. Like you don't, you don't stomp all the little cocoons, right? No, definitely not. Those okay. things also respawn when you move away from them. There's some weird shit in this game. Like, I backtracked to, I've, I've talked about random parts of this game resetting. Mm -hmm. I backtracked like three minutes to a vendor station because I picked up a bunch of stuff and I was like, ah, I should go sell that because inventory space is a problem. There was a room with like five enemies that I had cleared. <laughs> I went through that, got back to the vendor station, sold everything, moved back through. That entire encounter reset itself. Oh, wow. As I backtracked through there. <laughs> like all the enemies repopulated, all the exploding That's pickups funny. that I had used to kill them with, everything was back to default. I, I only had Just one goofy. of those where um, there were some frozen enemies, let's say, and I, I destroyed the entire uh, set of frozen enemies, and then I turned around and they were all back. <laughs> just frozen again and i just i just i just walked on kept on going on my my actually my number one complaint about that game is the thing i brought up about three times now previously is um the side paths are too long uh the stuff like the missable stuff where you're going down a side path go on too long where you're not sure if you're on a main path or a side path and i feel like that really frustrates me because the backtracking the animations are slow. The sidling through a crack in the wall is slow. Going down a ladder is kind of slow. And I, I do the video game thing of like, all right, I'm going to go forward until I hit a thing that looks like it's the main path. And they always have a thing that's like, oh, you're going to open this door. You're going to go through this crack or go down a ladder. But, you know, sometimes those paths will lead to a chest that has like a $500 thing or, or something in it. You, you want that. It's just, I'm always scared I'm going to, fall jump down the ledge that's too high to jump back up uh you know what i mean like the mm -hmm. uh uh, uh and th that's probably my biggest thing now and it's it's mostly just a time thing because stuff moves pretty slowly it's a very deliberate game it's it, yeah it asks a lot of your time there's yeah, no I, no real like some some things are for forced walking too which also take a long time yeah, I feel like they're at least decent about making it clear which one is the story path because it's generally the one that's like, oh, you need a key card to go this way, or got to fire up this generator to open this or whatever. But but yeah, did you did you get the skunk? Did you backtrack to get the skunk gun? So I, I remember I you having it in the thing you played. So um, I and I remember you mentioning, hey, this felt like a thing I could have missed. Yeah. So I have been, I was on my toes the entire time looking for it. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing I've, I've read some stuff that makes it seem like that's one of those things where if you backtrack in that spot, you can get it early, but then they'll just give it to you by default later, which oh, is, okay. is pretty survival horror tropey. Now that okay. I think about it, honestly, this sounds weird, but I can't like, I feel like the big revelation of this game for me is that I'm just some kind of big survival horror mark and didn't realize it for the last 25 years. Mm hmm. Like, ever since Resident Evil 1, like, I went nuts for that game, and, like, I have played a shitload of Resident you know. Like, this came out, and I couldn't stop playing it, despite it being kind of mid in some ways. But, and, like, I'm fucking, I'm super excited for this Dead Space remake, and this RE4 remake, and, like, big budget survival horror, please just keep making it. 
I guess is what I'm here to say. <laughs> well, I think um, this game is it, it, it's fun and rough. It's it's yeah, fun and it has rough spots. Yeah, and then like you finish it and like I let the credits roll to see if there's anything after the credits. Not only is there not, but it dumps you back to the title screen with zero. Wait, no, no new game plus. No, no, they've already said that's coming in two or three months. Oh, okay. But like no acknowledgement at all that you had finished the game. No, nothing. Huh. No skin unlocked. No, like, okay. Like I was thinking about like, like how much Resident Evil Village does when you finish that game. Like it, it's an insane amount of extra stuff opens up yeah. that gives you incentives to replay the game. Like there's a whole challenge list of like pretty broad activities that you do to get like all these weapons that aren't even available in the base game. You know, it's crazy. Not, not how that- much there is to do in a game like that after you finish it. And it just feels like by the standards of this genre in particular, like for there to be literally nothing to do after you finish it. It's a little wild. It was a pretty underwhelming after I had already been kind of underwhelmed by the end of the game. So not that they are the same game, but the pedigree is there. I don't know if you remember dead space also had that issue of when you finished it, they, they put in a new game plus later. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Sure. I, I, I'm, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. And people can correct me, but I remember being pretty, deflated because i wanted to go play that game with all of my suit upgrades from the beginning and i believe they put that in later uh for dead space one yeah after after i finished this i kind of went and started reading about that remake a little more because i was like well that didn't fully get where i wanted it to go but here at least there's something else next month and like i'm i hadn't been keeping up with that thing because i knew i was gonna play it anyway but like i'm kind of surprised how much they're doing to it Hmm. that's not just remaking that game like it sounds like the they're making the ship like one giant location that you can kind of roam now instead of it being much more like oh, broken up and level level yeah. based. Yeah, with the trams like it used to be. Huh. Like you can go outside the ship now to get around it. You can like straight up spacewalk huh. outside the ship to to get to different places. Like they're doing some like random AI director enemy placement type stuff. Like it sounds like a like a fairly substantially different game than the original Dead Space. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Um, Callisto Protocol. 60 or $70, depending on where you get it, available on the PlayStation family, Xbox family, and on the PC. Any any news on how it's performing on the PCs? Have they uh, patched out a lot of stuff? I haven't seen. I mean, they've been putting out patches and tweeting about, like, hey, we got more updates coming. I haven't I haven't seen a lot of talk about how the PC version is doing Okay. after, after that extremely rough launch. Uh, available now. We're going to do a hard shift mm-hmm. from uh, Callisto Protocol to a very different game, Melatonin. I mean, it's a game that's timing focused in its own way. It's just, uh-huh. it's a rhythm game, so it has to be. Uh, I'm just going to say out of the gate here because I don't have too much to say about Melatonin, so I'll get it at the top. I found Melatonin to be pretty tough, demanding. Okay. In its, um, but uh, I was also playing on the Steam link, and I'm just going to chalk it up to not being able to calibrate my lag. Ow. I don't think that's the ideal way to play it. I think you want to try to avoid as much lag as possible. Yeah. Alex, how are you enjoying melatonin? Uh, quite a bit. Um, so we played this a few months ago when those Steam demos uh, were, were out uh, for the summer. And this is a a rhythm game, I'm going to say, in the, the style of a rhythm heaven type game, where it is a series of like mini sequences uh, where you're getting different types of music and, and rhythm though. All the music seems to kind of hew to the lo-fi beats to study and chill to kind uh. of genre. Um, but you are, your character is uh, as far as I can tell an insomniac who is having weird melatonin dreams. Uh, if you've ever taken melatonin, you will know that sometimes you get some very vivid, um, not always the most pleasant dreams, though the ones he's having here seem like they are uh, not particularly 
stressful. Uh, other than the timing aspect of it, because during those dreams, that is where you are playing the rhythm game. And so each level is a different dream. It's about dream about eating, shopping, technology, getting more followers on social media, etc. And they give you a little tutorial setup of like, okay, we're going to have an A button that sort of lines up with where you're supposed to match the music. Uh, and they'll show you kind of beat by beat what the song is going to be like. And then when they get you into the real thing, that A button prompt disappears, and you are essentially just trying to time to the music as you hear it. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think very rhythm heaven, like yeah. you said, or, um, um, you know, the, people have done this before. It's, I like the aesthetic. Yes. And, and I like the vibes that it's going with. Um, it has a very, like, you know, lo, like, m- not monochromatic, but it's a lot of blue and purple, mm-hmm. uh, and it's very cartoonish looking. Very cute. Um, Mm. And I've found so far the rhythm. I mean, again, I've only played like an hour and a half of it. Um, I have found it to be even on the hard mode. Those early levels are not super challenging. If you played a decent amount. No, no, they're not. If you played a lot of rhythm games, they're not. Um, If you're a little less rhythm inclined, I feel like there's, there's a decent challenge level there. But it's all engaging. Like even for someone like me who has played a shit ton of games like this, I feel like I'm having a good time and I'm getting into like a good laser brain focus on it when I'm playing. Hmm. It's just the, the, the donut goes up in the air and then it's hidden behind the cloud. And then, yeah, but you just got to count. It's just like, (laughs) there you go on the club is when you need to hit it. I do need to hit it on the club. Yeah. Um, I, I have enjoyed what I've played of it. I need to play it uh, locally on the PC and not on my Steam Link, I think. Yeah. Uh, they do have some um, calibration settings, though it is um, it is more of a, hey, did this feel and look right to you? If not, then dial in your in milliseconds what you think your lag is going to be. Yeah. Um, it it though, wants you to experiment with it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, that is uh, out on uh, at the time of this recording. It is out tomorrow for $15. Yeah, uh, and I you, think it's pretty good. I again, as someone that wants more weird rhythm games in the world, this, uh, this the things it is paying tribute to, I want more of that. Does it does it seem like it's short? I can't really tell. I don't know how many worlds there are, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was not a, a super lengthy game. Yeah, of course I'm 15 bucks. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. A nice a, price. I uh, 15 bucks according to their press release. Uh this they didn't have the price on Steam yet. And there's a I, Switch version also? TBD. Yeah, yeah it's not no, out no yet. No data yeah. on that. Um, so, yeah. Melatonin. Uh, Switch Gears again here. Back on the horse for the Wild Hunt. Brad Shoemaker. Uh, there's not yeah, a ton to say here. They, they put out that update for The Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. Um, stop me if you've heard this one before. I mean, it's got a performance mode and a graphics mode. What is that? How does it look? Um... Let's start with how it looks. I didn't play, so I I didn't play a ton of it. Most of my time has been, and this is really the thing to talk about for me here. Most of my time was spent trying to figure out how to get my saves to sync <laughs> through GOG. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the PlayStation Four. All right. To the PS Five and Xbox Series X. Did so they? It's kind of a yes. It's kind of a fiddly process. But okay, but you did get there. I so I I don't know. Do you remember when you played The Witcher Three and it shows straight up shows like the the game version that you saved under for each save? No, you don't remember that. <laughs> no, like it's straight up when you scroll through your saves, it'll tell you which version of the game Jeez. you were using. No, I don't remember that. So the last time I played this game, it was at version one point one zero. Okay. This new update is version four point zero. Jeez. Okay. That tells you how much they have continued to work on this game. Okay. 
Um, I don't know if the cross progression is new as of this update or if this was if that was in there before. That may have already been in there actually. Uh, but, gosh. but I clearly, I clearly, I have not played The Witcher three in what seven years almost. It's been a while. Um, but anyway, yeah, you have to like you have to sign in in each version, which requires going to their website on a computer. Um, the thing I couldn't figure out is that it does not automatically sync your saves. You have to like. If you have an old local save, you have to load it up in game and resave it. Okay. And when hmm. you make a new manual save, it will sync that new save up to the cloud. But it, I spent a while just like locking into different versions, going, "Where are my saves? Not here." I synced. All these are logged in. What's going on? Okay, and it'll and, sync up to their and, yeah, their none servers. Of, none of your old saves on the version you had all your saves on, at least on PS4, will sync up automatically. You have to go resave to okay. force it to sync. Anyway, once I did that, I mean. Performance seems to run quite smoothly at sixty. Okay. Um, they say they say they're using ray trace global illumination in the graphics mode, which I didn't have a lot of time to run around and look at. But uh, it was anyway. already a very pretty game. I, I'm yeah. kind of curious to see um, what it looks like. I'm actually, it, I mean, most curious to see what that Witcher One thing looks yeah, like. Yeah, like that's yeah. ways off. Yeah, that'll that'll be more more interesting as kind of a new release. Like yeah. this this does still look good for sure, and it runs very smoothly. But it also sort of does look like a 2015 game. Hmm. Now that I get in there and play, like in my mind, like oh man, Witcher Three is like one of the best looking games ever made. And then yeah. I got back in there and I was like, oh, this still looks good, but kind of last gen good. Where were you? Uh, uh, last primarily? gen, great, I would say. <laughs> oh, uh, you on the Xbox saved? Oh, yeah. oh which platform? I yeah. was playing on the Series X. Okay. Um from a save originally from the PS4. I want to load it up on the S also and see what the differences are. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, but uh Wild Hunts. It's yeah. Game. Still still I I I was saved in some Novigrad back alley and I was like, "Oh man, this is a lot to come back to." Do they um so you had it on the Xbox. It's not cross by clearly, but you had it on the Xbox. Did you have did, are they selling it bundled with all the expansions at this point? Yes. No? Okay. Yes, it comes it comes with everything now. Okay, like some for like thirty super bucks, edition? I want to say. Okay, yeah, it's like complete edition or whatever. They're good. The DLCs are good. Yeah. Uh, the other thing you said you touched is the Crisis Core. Yeah, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion isn't that the full title? <laughs> yeah, I believe. Yes. Um, I mean, like touched quite literally. I really didn't spend a ton of time with it. We're going to stream some of it this week, so I just wanted to like boot it up and look at it. Uh, it looks pretty good. You know, it's a it's a port of a or a remake, I guess I should say, of a PSP game from 2008 yes. so for a psp game it looks pretty good i mean they've redone kind of everything from what i can tell it runs I, on unreal engine from according to the opening credits i've seen a couple people who are big time crisis core haters say that they have turned this into an at least an acceptable game in this version huh. interesting so yeah i never played the original so i can't speak to any gameplay differences but like i mean it is not an amazing looker but it definitely like is adequate by modern standards in yeah. terms of what they've done to the graphics. Um, it kind of reminds me of Forspoken or the Final Fantasy VII remake or Final Fantasy XV or I guess like kind of all of Square's action combat RPG games now in that it's, you know, it's a third person hack and slashy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But but you pull triggers to activate modifiers for it's like, oh, my face buttons do attacks unless I hold L1. And then, then it turns into a magic menu, and then I can cast Faraga, you know, or or Thundara uh, from the face buttons, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's got a slot machine rolling in the top left, also that like when it hits different combinations, 
activates different modifiers in combat. Let's, I'd, again, I didn't spend a ton of time with it, but I just wanted to like poke at it before we fired up on a stream. Uh, it seems okay. I want to say... If, um, if you absolutely need to play every Final Fantasy VII product ever released. You, you must. Um, trying to find the price on the consoles, but it looks like it's 50 bucks for to get you in the door. Uh, yeah, that sounds... They have their other versions. That, that sounds about right, and by right, I don't mean that's what it's worth, but more <laughs> that's what's considered budget these days. Right. So yes. this would have been $40 two years ago. Uh, but anyway... Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII, a reunion. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into some more of that. Zack. In, in, in a live environment. Yes, it stars Zack. Soldier Zack, if you happen to. Zack. Zack's back, yes. baby. Uh-huh. Uh, that is Crisis Core. We talked about The Witcher 3, the update for that. Melatonin, Callisto Protocol, Forspoken, and High on Life. Video games. Those are the video videos for this week. Games. We're going to take a, another break. And we're going to come back, and then we're going to talk about even more video games. The Game Awards happened. There were a lot of trailers. We've picked out some of our favorites. We're going to talk about it when we come back after this. This week's show is brought to you by Bespoke Post. Alex Navarro, you know I love packages. I mean, I get them all the time. It's always an exciting time when a box arrives at your door. It is always an exciting time. Sometimes they open that box and it's from Bespoke Post. And inside that box, like this week, is a knife. It's a, a, you know, a thing I can use when I need to cut things. I think this one, I, this, I've i gotten more than a few knives from Bespoke Post. Are you trying this- to say that when you get a knife, the thing you need to do with a knife is knife? I might have gotten around to said that in a shorter way. I, yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, this one was uh, specifically a uh, fishing knife, which means it's got uh, all the things you need to fillet a fish, let's say, or, or field dress a fish. Bespoke Post puts together a box of awesome. And the things inside that box range from whiskey glasses, which I've gotten. I've gotten uh, incense things that I still have and use in my bathroom. Uh, and sometimes, occasionally, a knife uh, that will go inside a kit. That is themed because, Alex Navarro, you take a quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories, and each box is valued at around $70, but you're only going to pay a fraction of that price. This is one of my favorite parts, Alex. With each Box of Awesome, you're supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your Box of Awesome is from a small, up-and-coming brand. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel at any time. To get 20% off your first monthly box, sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code NEXTLANDER at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com. Code NEXTLANDER for 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com. Code NEXTLANDER. Thanks, Bespoke Post. And we are back, and so are the video games. Boy, howdy, boy, howdy. The Game Awards happened. Jeff Keighley was hosting... Everyone who's anybody was there on Including stage. some people who were nobody. Everybody well, had a turn. 
at the Game Awards. We're um, mostly the Game Awards at this point are a vehicle for trailers, but there were some awards given out. Yes, um, I, I tend to think of it as an E3 December edition. Yeah, it's a lot of announcements. They know it's the the awards happen. A lot of them happen off camera. Uh, yeah, sh- yeah, that's I mean, that's not like certainly no disrespect to winners of awards, but I feel like that's about as seriously as the show itself takes the awards. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, they, there's a little bit more of an emphasis on at least some of the big awards. But if you happen, I watched the pre-show, which was like half an hour. Mm-hmm. Like half of the awards are concentrated into that pre-show and they don't even read the nominees for a bunch of them. So the Game Awards, um, every year, they kind of, um, I feel like, escalate in terms of their skew towards Hollywood, let's say. Uh-huh. This was maybe the most it has been. It was a, I, we're going to talk mostly about the content of the game announcements, but uh, I will say the presentation was great. I thought the um, the production and the, the whole thing seemed very professional and very well done. And Except for the couple of times it wasn't. You know, where... It's a live event. There were mm-hmm. some things that happened uh, at the end, let's say, and the beginning. I tuned out for a bit in the middle there uh, and caught up on the uh, ending of it of that show and the kind of stuff that happened near there. But I would, I'm gonna, I, I'll give it to him. I don't enjoy the Hollywoodification of that whole thing, but for what they were going for, I think they achieved it. I I have one question for you, gentlemen. Okay, hit me. How is wheeling Al Pacino out onto that stage to not know what the hell he's supposed to actually say? I, not a form of elder abuse. I, I went. I went from going, "Holy shit, they got Al Pacino!" to muting it in embarrassment in like maybe thirty seconds. So he knew what he was doing there. Al Pacino. Al Pacino knew what yeah, he getting was getting paid. Doing. He was getting paid. He knew it. And uh, you know what? I also shared that that shared embarrassment and was like, Oh, but mostly it was because (sighs) here's, I know what they were going for, which is they were going for a Beatles on the Xbox stage Mm -hmm. moment or a Keanu on the Xbox stage moment of everyone goes ape shit for this, you know, incredibly famous person. The problem is in both those cases, those are people there who had an actual game to talk about. And even the Beatles who didn't really know what they were doing, on the stage, it was still so like gobsmacking just to have them there on a video game stage that it kind of overwrote the fact that they were just riffing for too long. Yeah, this well, was both of those aimless. cases. Yeah, I mean, in both of those cases, they had skin in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, kind of literally. And this was just, oh wow, this is. I mean, to be fair, about as famous a person as you can get in entertainment in Hollywood, but, particularly. But, 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 but he's yeah. just a famous person, you know, like he he was not there to promote a game or so- whatever. So I think I think for me tonally it was about this is a little bit in the weeds of the game awards and maybe a little more philosophical than video game but it represented where they want to be which is Hollywood acceptance of video games and Hollywood big ticket Hollywood um and and they were trying to say the performances and the actors and the people my issue is the whole thing feels about one or two years from them being like, this show is amazing. It's finally hitting it. We're getting so much money. Thank you. And Jeff Keeley being like, I knew it. We're all here. All my Hollywood friends. And you're like, oh, we're, we're going to, you're not hosting next year, Jeff. Like you can, uh, and it, what? Oh, no, no, no. We got Seth Rogen to host. Um, we, it was fun when you did it, but now we're too yeah. big time. Like it feels like 
it feels like all the beautiful people are coming to the party and maybe everybody else gets the cheap seats. Um, you know, it was nice to see the awards given out to developers still and voice actors, but it, we're not that far away from famous people giving famous people awards at that show. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I mean, you know, Keely runs the whole thing, so he wants it to be that way. Like, I, no, no, I'm saying like he's I, Keely. Well, I think that's the, the problem, though, right? <laughs> is it's not just that Keely wants them that way. It's that Keely has this perception that that acceptance is still something that needs to be achieved. And the thing is, it doesn't. Like, he is operating from behind the starting line here because, in the end, Hollywood has already embraced video games. Like, mm. celebrities are in video games all the time. Maybe not the toppest, top-tier talent. Some are. But some are. And yeah. the thing is, if they're showing up at these shows and they're making fucking HBO series out of The Last of Us, like, <laughs> what's left to achieve here? Honestly. Yeah, R- yeah. so... I don't know. So, it, you know, it's not the GDC awards. It's a different beast there. No, because the GDC awards are actual awards. Yeah. And it's I, mean, a, I think these this are is the Hollywood foreign press <laughs> there. Yeah, there are absolutely awards, though. Uh, I think it's more of a spectacle. This is more the Oscars. This is more the, the party and dress up and, and have fun. So my feelings on it are kind of um, uh <laughs> tangential to let's say to the announcements that were there right like it, as a vehicle just for- like the show itself it is tangential <laughs> to the announcements that like, are there. i just i don't know it, it doesn't really bother me because it feels like this has always been that thing you know like even 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 when it was the spike tv awards it was he was still getting you know jessica alba to come out and announce dark souls 2 you know yeah nobody's teabagging like, on stage now like, thankfully but like other than that like it is the same idea like like he has been wanting to get hollywood celebrities involved in this thing for about as long as he's been doing it for sure, he has. I, I just think this is this one felt to me the closest, and almost maybe he's there. He's reached the top. Like it felt like such a solid production, aside from a few weird live things. And you know, he had the talent there on stage and presenting the awards and the c- shots of the crowd and everybody in tuxedos and gowns clapping. And it's weird, you know, to see these famous people clapping over of you know Fall Guys uh, announcements. It's just you know, there's there's a little bit of a disconnect. But shall we get into uh, kind of the meat of what the Game Why Awards not? are? Yeah. And which is a bunch of announcements. That's right. Yes. And and tra- trailers. Brad, why don't you, we've made lists here of kind of uh, things that stood out to us. Why don't you start by going down yours and uh, we'll kind of just piggyback in there because I think we have a lot of overlap. Uh, the biggest revelation of the night to me by far was that Ken Levine is actually making a video game. Oh, Ken. After how many years of talking about narrative Legos and like 2013 is when Bioshock Infinite came out. Uh, yeah, I looked it up. It's 2014 is when he gave that GDC presentation where the phrase negative narrative Legos was first employed. <laughs> Cause uh, he I went, mean, his studio was essentially like a, a, you know, it was, it was him and like a handful of people that came from irrational. Yeah. And they were experimenting. Is yeah. What like he that, said. that was the whole story, you know, like Bioshock Infinite kind of famously went over schedule and over budget and then they essentially shut down irrational afterwards even though it was a big success and then he i think it was like 15 people yes i did read the wikipedia page recently i think he only took like 15 people to start ghost story and like it was like ah, we're gonna do a smaller more focused like more narratively experimental project Mm -hmm. and then kind of radio silence since then which has been what eight years now or something some talk and, of like Bioshock yeah. development for movies and stuff. I feel like that's where um, I've seen Ken Levine pop up. Um, 
And I do remember being at some preview event like three years ago for something. I forget what, where one of the developers that was there milling around I was chatting with later was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to take a job at Ghost Story soon. Mm. I was like, oh, are they actually making a game? He's like, yeah, there's a full game. Like, there's they've got a thing going on. It's called Judas. Boy, does it look like Bioshock. Boy, does it look uh, like Bioshock. Holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. Fuck nerd of Legos. We're just going to do that Bioshock <laughs> well, thing again. So, I, I, I mean, look, the hype is a thing. Like, it's very easy to get swept up in a lot of grandiose language about, like, you know, redefining video game narrative or whatever. But, like, Keeley said he went and had played several hours of this game prior to that trailer running yeah. and kind of did hype up the, and I've read some stuff elsewhere, some a little bit of scuttlebutt about, like, it sounds like branching narrative is a big thing here and like potentially in a deeper way than you have seen. I hope this is this is me half saying what it sounds like is being described and also half what I hope it is. Because, again, they could be over promising something that they will not deliver uh, or I could be inferring too much. But like the idea of, of that kind of game with much more significant choice uh, that affects how things play out could be pretty exciting. But again, it can't just be another Bioshock. In, in despite the, the content of that game, the messenger they sent out was Bioshock. That, I mean, mm-hmm. the hands, the magic, the 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 whole thing read a uh, very Bioshock. It is yeah, definitely that flavoring. I couldn't get a read on. I couldn't get a read on like what the cultural touchstones are in this world that is being created here. You know, like mm. like Bioshock, like everything's very Art Deco. Um, you know infinite like kind of very deep americana kind of you know founding father mm-hmm. worship type stuff like I, I couldn't quite get what the touchstone was for this i world. don't know yeah it doesn't seem like it has one or at least they're showing it yet it's like fashion show <laughs> i don't know it's yeah. like uh, uh or dreamlike you know it's there's something surreal about uh most of the sets they showed i yeah. there's one thing i want to clear like point out here which is that uh bioshock infinite was a fairly divisive game i think in terms of whether people liked it or not um and that was even in the discourse of 2013 there has been nearly 10 years of discourse evolution since the last time ken levine made a video game i don't know if he's ready for where things are at right now and the level of scrutiny people are going to be applying to whatever this next thing is whether it's good or not that's the i have no judgment of it at this point it could be great but look like that game left a lot of weird tastes in, in a variety of people's mouths. And I'm not really sure what lessons he actually took away from that because he seemed to respond to some of the criticism of that game in not the most uh, charitable way. Remains to be seen. Did you just yeah. have any kind of um, dates attached to it or is it just I don't think so? Judas. No. Okay. Just wish list now. I mean, this could be a game. kind of how, how every trailer ends now. Yeah, wish where it's a click wish list. I mean, this could be a game that never comes out. I mean, it seems like it's playable, and people, but people have said that even about games you thought were coming out. So, oh, this, yeah, this is. I don't know. This the, the, certainly the level of production and what they showed is pretty advanced. Like, seems it, like it. It, it, seems, I'm not saying, it seems pretty far along. If I had point. to bet on it, I'd say it, it comes out. I'm just. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. Like, we don't know uh, on the heels of, like, what is Ken Levine doing? I don't know. Judas. All right, let's move on. Uh, Brad, what else do you have on your list? This is another big one. Uh, uh, Death Stranding 2 is happening. It certainly is. Um, uh, the kind of 
game everybody kind of knew was happening, but still kind of a little shocking to see well, it. It was, yeah. it was unclear. Yeah, it was that kind of open question because like Norman Reedus had sort of made it sound like they were doing another one, but he had that kind of detached <laughs> actor speak sort of quote out there that sounded like it could just mean we're doing another game. Not, yeah. not that we're doing another Death Stranding, but it is hella another Death Stranding. Yeah, all that all that stuff with Elle Fanning they were teasing out, that is Death Stranding too. So, so it is. This uh, one seems to have a lot more in the at least in this trailer, right? This was um what is her name? Silence? Fragile. 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 <laughs> I'm Leia, fragile, the, the, the but Leia. I'm not that fragile. Okay, yeah, right, yes. Yeah. Okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, the, the Leo Sado character. Uh, uh seems to be pretty central in this footage. Baby's a kid? Baby's a kid. Yes, it seems like the baby has grown up a bit. The baby the, is not quite a toddler. Not quite a man. Not not yet a, not yet a toddler, not quite an infant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh just based on what they showed here, which was not a great deal. Um mm. Here's the thing. I think the ending, the very ending, the ending 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 of Death Stranding is its second most successful part. Its first most successful part is that chapter three where it gives you almost no story and you're just yeah. running around rebuilding the world. <laughs> yeah, I spent, I just spent delivered like, in the mail. I spent yeah. like 30 hours in chapter three having a very good time. And then once the story got thick again, I kind of fell off of it. And I was <laughs> totally, like, oh, maybe, maybe I got what I needed. That story is a disaster in a variety <laughs> of different ways. Like, say what you will about Kojima predict, predicting some very specific things. And, you know, he's always pretty much on the money with that stuff. His storytelling is where I sometimes lose the plot with him. And I did in that game. That said, every criticism I've had of Death Stranding, all the frustrations I had with it, how pissed off I was by the end of that game, I'm kind of looking forward to playing this one. Oh, yeah. Even if I hate it, I'm uh, still looking forward to it. Yes. Oh, same here. Like, I also have a lot of problems with Death Stranding, uh, um, probably very similar to your criticisms, but yeah. I, I want to see what he is putting out there. I also want to see- I want to know what lessons he learned from Dude. that first game. Yeah, like, the, the like taking, I mean, Death Stranding is a pretty unique game, all things considered. Like, the core of the gameplay is, like, certainly not something I had ever seen before. Like, yeah, the idea of, the idea of iterating on that stuff is actually genuinely exciting. It's just uh, it's just looking at all these, you know, this this trailer is nothing but four minutes of cutscene footage because it's Kojima uh-huh. and like just thinking again about potentially slogging through all that stuff to get to the carrying boxes around I'm for not, 30 hours. I don't know. I'm not convinced he did this trailer because it doesn't have the same rhythm that uh, his trailers usually do. I, it's weird, but it doesn't have the same like, it doesn't feel quite the same my, as, like, the stuff he usually directs. My, my, my understanding is he does all of his trailers. I okay. would say I would say this post, post-credits sting of the Troy Baker villain, who I can never remember that character's Higgs. name. What is it? Higgs. Higgs. Oh, as like in the, part- the Higgs boson yes, particle. Yes, like, oh, like the particle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that shot of him, like, kind of starting up a music video with a weird sci-fi guitar. You're right, that part does. It feels extremely Kojima. He's got a credit that says edited by Hideo Kojima at the end of that uh, trailer. Maybe he just went for a slightly different (laughs) rhythm here, but yes, okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm curious. I will need a primer on Death Stranding 2 because I don't even know why that Troy Baker character is back in the game. I I, I don't know what's going on. I would have loved to have been done with him because he was the weakest part of that whole thing. (laughs) I want to just see That's not even a diss on Troy Baker. It's that character is not interesting at all. It's a weird, the whole thing. Surprise, Death Stranding was a weird game. 
Yeah. Uh, bring back but, Mads Mikkelsen, for God's sakes. If you're going to bring anyone back from the dead. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Who sure. knows? Mads who knows? was the best thing in that game. Who knows? Uh, that game also without uh, a date. Uh, so, Brad, moving down. This one was pro- maybe the biggest shocker uh, on your list here. That uh, yeah, I, I'm I torn about the next two. Like in my in my descending order of newsworthiness, mm-hmm. is, is Hades two or Armored Core six bigger? I'm not sure. Hades two. I, I think Hades. for for some, it's gonna you know there's an oh, armored, oh. there's an Armored Core f- uh, base oh, yeah. out there that is yeah, yeah. Turned and on and and it's been a very long time since they made yeah. an Armored Core game. Okay, now we're talking about Armored Core. Let's just okay. talk about it. Talk about Armored Core. But, well, I I don't have much to say because they announced Armored Core Six Fires of Rubicon, but I don't know that I've ever played an Armored Core game. I also I, I don't think I've ever played I, an Armored Core. I know I, Austin Walker, so I feel like I've played an yeah, Armored, totally, Armored totally. Core game. Yes, I mean Armored Core is famously like from Software's other big long running franchise before Dark Souls like mm. blew up the world. Uh, but they haven't made one in a very long time. I did play a fair amount of Chrome Hounds. Okay, which which was the other mech game they made for Sega on the 360 that may or may not have been intended to kick off a franchise that never was. Yeah, because they never made another one. Yeah. Chromehounds had some rad ideas, though, that felt like they were kind of ahead of their time. But but it anyway, wasn't a great game, but it had some. No. Yeah, it had some notions like some of the some of the multiplayer and voice chat stuff they were doing. And like, was that 06? I think when that game came out like that, it was like kind was of near launch. Yeah, yeah. 2005 is when the 360 came out. I okay. think I think. OK, now we're now we're <laughs> digressing about Chromehounds for too long. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was 2006. Um Armored Core is their big mech franchise, though. They just haven't made one in like a decade. Um, I don't know. The big question for me is how much Souls leaks into this. Like, how much do they feel like they have a formula now that they have to stick to, especially since Elden Ring kind of became the biggest thing in the world? I, I don't know. I Are you going to have like an open world and a map that draws in? I, I really don't know enough about Armored Core to know what, what core gameplay elements need to be in an Armored Core game. I, yeah, that's I honestly don't same. Know. Same, like we would have to grill Austin about what makes an Armored Core game an Armored Core game to yeah. really, truly know. I'm excited um, for people, and I'm excited if this game is good to get into Armored Core, uh, but I I don't know if I should be excited yet. I'm, I'm, I'm like in the, um, I'm excited through uh, cultural excitement, you know, like the, the, the community. Yes, I'm excited by proxy. I mean, I'm excited for From to do something else, you know. <laughs> Like, for sure yes not not something else aesthetically because like you know bloodborne is victorian souls and mm-hmm. sekiro is feudal japanese souls you know they're they're yes. like all the games they've been making since demon souls all all kind of rotate around the same axis so like this could be the first thing since that mm-hmm. that is like substantially different gameplay wise or maybe it's mech souls i don't know mech souls like, Co- like core I, souls Hard to say. I had some this, part of the statement. Part of the statement they put out though uh, says that the game will provide thrilling action that only mechas can provide. Agreed. I mean, I feel like we now know a lot of people that would just nod their heads silently to that. Yes, like, mm-hmm. yes. There's a lot of there's a lot of agreement out there mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. It was uh, a fun trailer. Yes. Uh, I'm into yes. it. Like, I might actually play an Armored Core game. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely at least, like, they're, they have ascended to the level of, sure, I will try yeah. anything they put out at this point. Um, but yeah, like, again, did we get something that's very reminiscent of their recent games, or do they just make a, an Armored Core-ass Armored Core game? I'm not sure, but we'll find out. Next year. Next year. Uh, the, the, the other one you mentioned, Hades 2, a sequel 
My God. A yeah, sequel. That's, that's My big, God. Yeah, Supergiant making their first sequel, which, you know, if I were running that studio and a game like Hades <laughs> blew up in the way that Hades blew up, I probably also <laughs> would think this was a good idea. Look, if I was going to pick one from their oeuvre to do a sequel mm-hmm. to, I probably would have gone with Pyre 2, but there is... N- <laughs> I. Even as a super fan of that game, I cannot make that business case. It does not exist. So I never finished Hades. I never, I never got to completion. I probably should, um, but yeah, this is kind of a big deal. I mean, Hades is a. It seems like a different story, though. Extremely popular game. It's a different story, but it's the sister of Zagreus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. What? What is her name? Melano, Melano, I think is how you say that. Uh. So yeah, it's not DLC. It no, is, no, it's uh, a full it is a on, new game. It is a full-on Hades numeral 2. Uh, that game was very good. It looks great. Like, what they showed of it, which was admittedly, you know, a fairly limited trailer, like, it it showed off what you would want from a Hades sequel, I think. And, I don't know. Like I said, there's there's no business case where they don't, where this doesn't make sense for them. Like, yeah. I wonder how far off it is because it's it's they're doing early access again. Like it, it seems like they did early mm-hmm. access, access extremely well for the first one in terms mm-hmm. of. And it was just about talk, a year long, talking, right? I can't I, something like that. Maybe yeah. not even two years. I can't remember, but like I, I I know they talked to the player base quite a bit. And oh yeah, it was one of the bounced, best early access experiences I I've ever encountered. They like bounced ideas off of people and did a lot of play testing and et cetera et cetera. So they're doing that again, and maybe that won't be that far off. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I like. I wonder at its core how different this is than original Hades. Yeah, like the footage certainly looks like it's in the very much the same vein. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Hades two. No date on that. Uh, Brad, what else do you have on your list? Uh, I put Earthblade on here from uh-huh. the makers of Celeste. Uh, because the makers of Celeste making a new side-scrolling platformer is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Celeste. I didn't love it. Yeah, I, I like it. I sur- I admire the hell out of it. I didn't get super deep into it, but I, I think it's very good. Great soundtrack. Yes, that too. And like what they've shown of this very much, you know, it's it's pixel art and like the, the, the soundtrack is kind of a bit melancholy in the same same vein. Um, I mean, they didn't show a ton of it, but uh, and it's also two years away. That's a 2024 game, but Ooh. so far. Uh, but yes, the makers of Celeste with a new game is kind of up there with the makers of Hades with a new game <laughs> to me. For sure. Uh, uh, next up. Remnant 2. They're making a new Remnant. <laughs> that is, this, is, they, I, this one I did not put on my list. but uh, uh, I've, Remnant's cool. <laughs> they, they seem to have dropped the From the Ashes subtitle. Hmm. I believe the full name is just Remnant 2. Is that right? That's what it's, it looked like when they uh, in the news story I was reading. Yeah, so but I completely unexpected. Did not expect there to be more remnant. I don't remember remnant. Uh, we played a bunch ashes. of it. We streamed a bunch of it. Like it was the three it's, player. It's the, yeah, I think it tops out at three. It's three? the um, it's kind of like shooter souls. Like it's got a whole lot of Dark Souls ish element or ideas or tropes. Was that like three it, years ago? A, but it's a third-person shooter. Yeah, it was like probably the right before the pandemic. Like okay, the, I think it was a 2019 game. Okay, uh, very like it's not steampunk. What is that? It's a cowboyish. Aesthetic. Yeah, there's a lot of wide brim hats. Okay, in that game, like floating uh, platforms, steam a country, lot of, <laughs> a lot of gunslinger type. Yeah, imagery. 
but also monsters, but also ruins of the modern world kind of stuff. Like tree, pe- like a, like a, there was a person who was like a tree, right? Like a, I, you know what? Okay. The trailer, I'm watching the trailer again for two. Also, it looks really good. Like graphically, mm-hmm. the first game was not like the, a, a huge looker. Mm-hmm. This, this sequel looks significantly better, but also the trailer basically ends with a giant dude in a wide burned hat with a big buzz saw. So That's my dude, uh, but yeah, Remnant was cool. Like the idea of the, of a, a new iterated upon one of those is pretty exciting. Remnant two, um, wish list now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, Brad, on your list here, the, the thing most that important started yeah, the game awards I, off, and there's there's other stuff I could add to this list. I just kind of stopped because you guys had put most of the mm-hmm. other stuff on already. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about this game, but. That Michael Madsen project that we talked about last week got announced. Uh-huh. It's called Crime Boss. Uh-huh. Crime Boss Rocky City. The most 2006 late game <laughs> midway games ass fucking uh-huh. 6.2 on Metacritic ass fucking open world crime game <laughs> I have ever seen in my goddamn life. It, it really has a true crime Streets of New York kind of feel to it. Oh my gosh, this game narc ass game that of could, a time and place. That could be intentional. I don't know. That might be the vibe they're going for. I mean, it feels... Is, do they say when it's set? 90s. Is it actually set in the nineties? Because seventies, but yeah. I think they are going nineties. Yeah, because they the voice say, cast, the voice cast is extremely nineties. There's a like, there's a thing if you're watching the trailer at around ten seconds that says it's in Florida in the nineties. Oh yes, okay, sure. I, I right, I missed that. It's it's a bit Miami Vice ish, maybe a little, but it's like Michael Madsen, Kim Basinger, mm-hmm. um, Danny Glover is in it. Mm-hmm. Danny, Danny Trejo, Trejo, Michael Rooker, Michael Rooker. Vanilla uh, Ice. And Vanilla Ice. Oh, and Chuck Norris, because somehow that oh, joke hasn't died yet. Oh, uh, great. Um, they don't really show the gameplay, but I think it's a first-person game, though. Like, it's mostly... No, there is a, there are just very short clips of some shooting from first-person in here. Okay. It's, it's mostly cinematic stuff in this trailer, showing off the cast, but... Uh, yeah, it is... like you, you're, The temptation is to think they're just doing GTA, but it seems like this is more of a first-person shooter? Which, like, I don't know. Maybe they're going for more of a payday-ish kind of thing. I'm not sure. There's definitely a little payday flavoring in there, for sure. Yeah. There's an interesting thing about this game, aside from all the stuff you guys just said about time and place and what this game represents. Like, you know, will this game have an actual Xbox 360 release? Because it should. There is a, um, we talked about, you know, hiring actors that just look like actors now. We maybe didn't get into hiring actors that look like the actors forty years ago. Yeah, because everybody that's in not this- what Michael Madsen looks like anymore. I'm sorry, that's not what anybody in this game. That's not what Danny Glover looks like. That's not what Kim Basinger looks like anymore. So it's it's pretty funny that they have the actual voices, but you don't have to do de aging because they're you're just they're computer generated people. So it's yeah. just you know it is them. It's just a version it of them. Sure is from thirty years ago. Yeah. Oh, you know what they have actually confirmed? It is an online PvE shooter, so it is straight up like a heist type ah. game, like a payday style thing. Uh, also, it's coming out next March, so not that far off. And this is five of five, right? Like this is Embracer Publishing. Group. Publishing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, wait, five of five? Part of Embracer? I just assumed. I don't, I don't think that's right. 
No, that is not right. Okay. Never mind then. <laughs> um, or uh, don't worry. Wait, wait a yeah, I know. two I months. Just, it's safer to assume any publisher uh, that is not one of the big six is just Embracer at this point. Oh, we, we talked about that a while back. They're part of Digital Bros. Oh, right. right. Yes. The Digital the, the digital Bros from Italy. Is that yeah. better or worse? I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely better. Mm-hmm. Definitely better. Uh, this game it's also a- on its uh, end card here says save 40% from December 8th to 10th. And I wonder if that's save 40% of game comes out March 28th of what of they're like, well they're yeah i don't know but they're they're putting it out in conjunction with epic it's an epic store exclusive okay so that sounds like some kind of heavy promotion they're probably doing to push epic store traffic that would okay track. so is that gone is, is that passed now when it must be passed because that's december 8th to 10th so this game does comes out in march 28th of next yes. year so we're not going to get another december to yeah. remember um crime boss Rake Cite. Um yeah. Crime uh, crime crime doesn't sleep. Crime doesn't stop. Alex, anything you want to mention here as we go through? Yeah, most of the ones I have left are quick hitters. Um Vampire Survivors is coming to mobile as a free game. Mm-hmm. Uh which is probably the right move on their part. Uh and that seems like a game that will absolutely thrive at the mobile market it, it uh, came to mobile it's out it's out okay so it's out now i should go download that when we're done yeah. here yes uh dead cells is getting castlevania dlc yeah saw that i don't know what to make of that i, I feel like Vinny, maybe you have more thoughts on that I, but i like I, dead cells i i feel vindicated because when dead cells was new i described it as a modern castlevania and some people acted like i was crazy <laughs> no not at all and now here they are You've like, done, it's you, structurally different, but I think vibes-wise... You brought this about. You did it. Congratulations. Yeah. Huh. Thank you. Uh, there's a Hellboy game. Web of Weird. Uh-huh. I didn't... I, the trailer for that didn't do it for me. Yeah, no. it didn't do a whole... I think Lance Reddick is doing the voice. Mm. Yeah, I didn't... The, the look of it, I mean, they're going for a comic book look, graphic novel look, which... It's kind of cool, but yeah, it didn't look super interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then there's, you know, they showed new trailers for Street Fighter 6 and Tekken 8, and I am very excited about both those games. Uh, Street Fighter got a date of yep. June. June. Street Fighter 2nd. 6 looks really good. Yeah, I, that trailer was weird, though, largely because I didn't recognize any of those characters <laughs> except DJ. Yeah, are, they, are those all new characters, or am I just that out of Street Fighter? I'm not Some sure. of them were definitely new. I'm not sure if all of them are, but um, uh, like, like was it Marissa? Yeah, she's new. Yeah, okay, okay, that 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 helps explain it. But I also just didn't feel like I got a great sense of the game outside of the fighting. Like I'm mm-hmm. continue to be curious about that story mode, that hub area, the hub, the roaming, the Metro City kind of thing they're doing, but. Feels like yeah. it takes place around Street Fighter Three, you know, like the there's like a vibe, like a street vibe or something. I feel like mm-hmm. Street Fighter th- Third Strike is that what it was called? Uh, uh, well, Third Strike was the last release. Um, uh, of that, maybe it was the basketball. Uh, what do you guys think of um some Horizon Forbidden West DLC? I kind of averted my eyes because I still, <laughs> somewhere in my mind, I'm still going to finish that game. It did have some, what I would think are some game-ish gameplay spoilers right in the beginning of that thing. So. Yeah, I'm not super worried about gameplay spoilers. Okay. Mm. That's, that's been unavoidable. Um, I, I don't know about, I don't know about Hollywood sign in your future, your far future apocalypse Why world. Not? 
Do you think it would have survived? Do you think that's the first thing they would have torn down? Uh, that that would that should be long gone. That thing would have crumbled, man. <laughs> I, I, whatever, I mean, it's fine. I mean, they're they're trying to ex- drive home. They are extremely trying to drive home. Hey, this takes place in L.A. I'm excited. I know it probably won't push the main narrative forward, but uh, I'm excited to see what what they want to do story wise. So I um, did you play? Um, God, Frozen Mountains. Was, the mountain name? No, Frozen. What was the first Horizon DLC? Frozen North. Might have been Frozen North. Frozen Wilds. Okay. That was what I started to say, but there's been so many other wilds. I don't think I finished it. I didn't either. That's the thing. I got fairly deep into it and didn't finish it. Apparently it had some like, it was not critical to the main story of Horizon, but it was some like good flavor. Mm. Some some good, like here's another narrative thread that ties into the past type stuff. Reference it in Forbidden West. They do. That's how I came to know about it was like, there are references to it in the new game that I went back and looked up. Uh, and apparently that would have paid off pretty nicely story-wise if I had seen it through, which I kind of wish I had. Yeah, if um, this is supposed to be April 19th, I assume they will hit that. Uh, I'm I'm up for it. When is that, uh, the mountain, the, the VR one? That's earlier than that, right? Isn't that uh, February? I believe that's, I believe that's a PSVR 2 launch game, right? Uh, what is that uh, one called? Call of the Mountain? Uh, Call of the Mountain. Okay. I think uh, that's a launch game. Less excited. It better be a launch game. They need something on there. Uh, the other thing I dropped on here that replaced the game looks awesome. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. want really yeah, to check that out. I forget. Was it like two E3s ago or whatever E3 stand-in it was? <laughs> I remember that making a big splash at like a Summer Games Fest or whatever. And It's cool to, it's cool to see that's still happening. Yeah. That uh, just has a 2023 on it. So look for it sometime, hopefully in 2023. Uh, the other thing I pulled on here was they showed a little bit more of Atomic Heart. That game just seems neat. I mean, it's of of a type. Yeah, uh, that 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 game's weird because it has been a tech demo for a long time. Like it's been a, I've had the Atomic Heart tech demo installed for like two years, testing undervolts on my graphics card and stuff. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, which is like built out of the game assets. I mean, it's like a nice way to look at the tech in that game. That game looks cool as hell. Like I it, didn't. I only I didn't write it down because it was just another trailer. Like, yeah, not much has changed other than they showed more of it. But it looks really nice. It does look very cool. Uh, they showed uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which I'm excited about, and put a date yeah. on it for March 17th. Yeah, like I really like that first game, despite its issues of kind of needing a little more time in the oven. Mm-hmm. Also, not to just make everything about Andor, but it's crazy how much Andor has like recalibrated how I look at anything Star Wars. Though hmm. that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I don't know. I'll still play this. I the first game had a lot of good ideas, and I hope that they have iterated on those. For sure, I wanna I wanna jump back into that. I really like that game. Also, uh, another another thing. I mean, Cameron Monaghan is just a straight up TV actor, mm-hmm. and so like everybody in the world is bracing for him to show up on one of these Disney Plus Star Wars shows at some point as Cal. Yeah. As Cal Kestis. So it, it really makes me wonder because that, should, you know, we've been talking about games with characters who are just actors, you know, right. bodily as well as voice. And that game is nothing but recognizable actors. So, like, you could absolutely just have that cast show up on TV at some point, which would be kind of an interesting crossover. Uh, the, I'll just mention this. Well, there's two things here. One was uh, Meet Your Maker, I thought could be kind of cool. It's, it looks like a co-op uh, heist thingy, but with some style, those people have weird helmets on. Um, it, or it could just be one of those one of those kind of games where you're like, yeah, 
yeah, this was neat once, and I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. going to play it anymore. Yes, I, that's the game I thought looked kind of like Rage <laughs> in terms of art design. Okay, yeah, yeah. More spikes needs more. A lot spikes. of a lot of the armor design and stuff kind of reminds me of Rage. Uh, but Transformers reactivate. Oh boy, mm. Transformers reactivate by splash damage. Like, oh, is that splash damage? Yeah. Huh. I missed that part. Um, co-op online Transformers game. Interesting. I'm not really sure. They kind of have a teaser there. If you watch the teaser and don't know it's a Transformers game, surprise, it's apparently a Transformers game. That was a weird one. I, I like Transformers. These are clearly the Bay Transformers. Uh, but I don't know what this game is going to be. Yeah. Well, this says one to four player online action game. But what does that mean? What to make of that? Yeah. Probably, probably PVE. Is it, is it a, are we stealing Energon? Is it a heist game? I don't know. It looks nice. Like just graphically, it's pretty, assuming that's even real gameplay and not mocked up CGI gameplay. Right. It doesn't have the little, like, um, what you see is actual gameplay, but yeah, that's what I was asking you guys, uh, off show. I was like, eh, splash damage. Are they mostly ports? Couldn't remember what they had done. Their, um, their list of games are a lot of games that are definitely not splash damage games you know there are ports mm-hmm. yeah well Support enemy work. territory is their biggest claim to fame i mean that's okay. like freaking 20 years ago at this point <laughs> but the wolfenstein wolfenstein enemy territory is like revered very highly mm. among old school shooter fans and they made quake wars after that maybe they made brink brink and then i think everything changed after brink sliding around and truly for the whole world um yeah uh listen I'll be curious to see what that game is. No date on it. Um, but yeah, that's that's the end of my list. Aside from um, they showed some Space Marine, another trailer, but they didn't really show much more than that. 2023 Space Marine 2, I should say. Yes. But there are there are more things. Uh, we probably could have talked about everything, but to talk about everything would uh, be as long as the actual Game Awards show. Yeah. Uh, so we can't talk about everything, but there is a lot there. There's a lot I, there. Last thing I'll say. Mm-hmm. They announced a new Lords of the Fallen. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, no, actually, no, that, that was, was not, that was that yeah. was that's been announced, hasn't it? Okay, because we've definitely talked about. Started, you can't just call their Lords I, of the I, Fallen. I started to say it's just called the Lords of the Fallen, and then something fired in my brain, and it was like uh-huh. you've said these exact words before <laughs> at some point. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like again, aside from what the show is and all that stuff, and you know, some some nice reveals, maybe. I don't know, pound for pound, Brad and Alex, what do you think in terms of all of the E3-ness together or just the Game Awards show? What do you think pound for pound gives you the most reveals and stuff to look forward to at this point? I know they're slightly different, but at the end of the day, there's a lot to talk about here. Yeah, they they had a good list of stuff, a good list of announcements here. I mean, obviously, like a real E3 firing on all cylinders is going to trump pretty much everything, but we also haven't had one of those in three four arguably five years and it feels like what we have had usually e3 was a little deeper this is pretty shallow a lot of just trailers with no gameplay yeah um and no like somebody comes on stage or talks about it none of that here but the e3s and playstation events that we've had recently have been fairly shallow in terms of just 
I don't mean shallow, like they're no good. I just mean in terms of depth of gameplay and, and diving into games. So they're, I'm excited for 2023 and beyond. That's if that's the job of it, this show, then uh, also to give some awards and recognition to the people who make games. But yeah, it's it's the first time in a while it felt like there was some legitimately exciting stuff on the horizon. Not to say that there aren't games that look good for next year. There totally are. It's just that I feel like the cycle for a lot of those games has been pretty muted because everyone's kind of head down, like trying to get back on development track with a lot of stuff. Yeah. But it feels like we might start getting out of those woods next it, year. It certainly feels like the industry is bought into this event at this point, judging by my Twitter feed and how it was entirely just about a play by play of this entire show. Like people, people are just watching this as a matter of course at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, somehow, the digest somehow, of all the trailers is also a way to go. Somehow, somehow we made it all the way through this without talking about uh, Elden Ring Kid. Ah, but anyway, that you know, live Let's shows. Not. Uh, he doesn't seem like he was taking it very seriously, so there's no reason for us to do the same. Also, uh, the uh, uh, winner we should just mention Elden Ring won their yeah. uh, game of the year. Not a is, lot of other awards. I thought God of War was just going to sweep it, but then. Was it is it Christopher Judge who won for the Kratos? Yeah, yes, boy, he took his time. Keely <laughs> wasn't even hiding it. I mean, that was <laughs> like very three, long. That was very long. Like he, there were like three like lighthearted jabs at at him at that speech from Keely ad libbed on stage throughout the show. It was a pretty long speech. Like, very um, heartfelt. Very yes. long. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but. I mean, how many more of these do you think he's going to win? You know, like he's yeah, just no, like, no, this I is know. my time. I'm taking it. No, I'm I'm talking more that like the the showrunners had not had any kind of plan for mm-hmm. playing people off the way the Oscars does. Where they tried, they they put like, the music up, but it didn't quite work. Yeah, uh, granted, they're not having to hit commercial marks like a like a broadcast TV thing like the Oscars does, so they could be a little more open ended. They're giving away um, their Steam decks. Is that what they kept saying? Is that what Keeley kept yes. saying? Okay. That was, that was one of the jokes was okay. Valve was giving away a Steam deck every minute of that show, and it <laughs> sure went longer. <laughs> Say at least five uh, or six more people won Steam decks. So Game Awards, uh, it sounds, I would guess there would be a Game Awards next year. This one seemed yes. to be pretty successful. Yes, they seem to be doing quite well with this. Uh, I expect more famous known people to be winning awards that's my prediction of like um actors and motion capture and all that stuff that i think that trend will continue okay that's uh that's a prediction bold statement bold statement yeah i mean you know entertainment actors are just actors at this point you know like entertainment is just entertainment like yeah they straight up had troy baker and pedro pascal on stage at the same time you know didn't used to be didn't used to be there used to be like dabbled in fmv and that whole market went out and then it was like oh video games are not where the money is and then uh, a lot of hollywood left video games because they realized that it wasn't where the money was and now the money is and so here we are well i I think a big part of it is that they are able to look good doing it now like there was just a long time there where like you know having this like Having this like dead-eyed low polygon mannequin with your voice coming out of it was probably not the most prestigious thing for a successful actor to do, or a low-budget FMV. But the yeah, well, but I mean, like the performance capture technology is there now, where people can like, oh, my agent can look at this, or this casting director can look at this game and go like, oh yeah, that, that's that person, and they are putting mm-hmm. in a performance here because you know you can see it in the eyes now. Like that's always the key for me. 
and the, the key, money and the, the money's there. The, I mean, the key is like it's the life is in the eyes, and until they got that stuff working in games, like it just was not. It's it's a much better look to do a video game now as a big actor than it was before. I mean, the uh, the industry is huge financially now. Yes. Also, it is a it is a big big one. Um, speaking of, tell me about the biggins. Speaking of the biggins, Brad, uh, is it getting bigger or smaller? What's our other piece of news uh, here? The, the FTC. Yep. Is Microsoft? Mm. Are we consolidating uh, or are we oh, bigger? I, okay. Or are we shrinking? I yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Now. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, let me try this. I'll try this. Are we ready? remaining the same? Speaking of one game we didn't mention, how about this? My other mm-hmm. segment. This is my alternate. Uh, another game we didn't mention: Diablo Four. Uh, Activision Blizzard's uh, Diablo uh, had a trailer there, but that probably isn't the biggest Activision news going Ooh. on. Brad, what else is going on with that? Oh, yeah, the, the FTC formally filed suit uh, to block the acquisition of Activision by Microsoft. What does uh, this which, mean? Um, I don't know that we're in a position to truly say. <laughs> well, it seems uncertain. I mean, it'll, it'll end up in court is, is the, best that I can, the best that I can say. Is that that seems where it's going? Yeah, I mean, there's still every chance this acquisition happens, maybe with some more concessions. Mm. Um, but as of now, the FTC commissioners voted three to one uh, to bring suit uh, to block the merger. I thought it was pretty interesting in the statement that they put out that they cited right at near the top the fact that they took games like Starfield and Redfall and made them Xbox exclusives mm. as a primary inciting factor here in this action. That they straight up said, I'm looking for the language here. Uh, Oh, yeah. Microsoft has already shown that it can and will withhold content from its gaming rivals. Like, do you feel like that's a little unfair of a a statement to put in there? I mean, that's like, I I mean, mean, those those were PlayStation games until Bethesda got bought and then all of a sudden they weren't. Right. mm. So I, I wonder if whoever made those decisions at Microsoft is wondering, like, was it really worth it? Mm. granted that was also i mean that was a seven billion dollar acquisition so not exactly cheap there either i'm sure that i'm sure there was a lot of feeling of like we need to get some competitive advantages out of this money but (laughs) i wonder if somebody is ruining that decision now Mm. um i i don't know yeah i mean none of us are none of us are trade lawyers or anything i don't know for sure where this goes other than that microsoft has said that they welcome their day in court Right, uh, to, they, they're to, all to, to right. defend the merger. This, yeah. t- this quote on Twitter from I, I've never heard of the Microsoft president Brad Smith before, but this, <laughs> this quote from him on Twitter: <laughs> "While we believed in giving peace a chance, we have complete confidence in our case and welcome the opportunity to present our case in court." Um, there will no peace. Yeah, all, all I mean, all we know is that formal action is being taken by the government to stop this. Will they be successful or not? Who knows. Do you know, I'm sorry, do you know if this comes down to a judge at this point? I, I don't know how okay. this sort of thing is litigated. Yeah. Like, is there an appeals process after that? I, yeah, like, I, I really, I'm really not 100% sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, they're not wrong. It is a giant ass acquisition. It is a giant mm-hmm. ass merger. And like you said, there are instances where they kind of assured uh, I think in their statement, right? They said the European antitrust agencies that they wouldn't withhold games. And then they kind of did like you just said, like Starfield and Redfall. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, yes, court. 
I yeah. still think this deal goes through in the end. Yeah, you do. I th- I think it's, it's so I think huge. It's, I, I think it's probable that it will. I think uh, it'll take longer than maybe they want it to, but I think it will eventually end up happening because I think the case here, ultimately, I think there's enough concessions they can make to get it through. And as much as the FTC does seem like it is cracking down on some of these kinds of acquisitions, it doesn't seem like they are really standing in the way of a lot of them. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they did block that Simon & Schuster that was Penguin, one of them. They Penguin did yeah. merger a few weeks ago, a couple months ago now, I guess. And like, you know, the, the UK famously killed the NVIDIA arm acquisition. Like there, there does seem to be some renewed hunger for antitrust action. I think there's a world where this, um, where Activision gets carved up a little bit, where some portions that like Activision uh, publishing and Activision development, maybe, um, or some pieces. Cause Microsoft has said it's not even necessarily call of duty they said it was the mobile stuff right it was king that they really really that's what they said but i mean yeah i said it that week like that does sound like a convenient excuse to get people to stop looking at call of duty yeah Mm -hmm. i like i I don't think they're lying necessarily but maybe they're downplaying the importance of the console business and call of duty in the process because i do wonder if um if part of their case they make is that Activision needs somebody to take the reins, right? Their their leadership yeah. and their structure and their without a corporate acquisition, they're they might be in worse shape, right? Like I'm not saying that myself. I'm saying may, I don't know if that can be part of the argument, or if if they decide to carve up some pieces of it and give it and break it up so that's not as big an acquisition uh, for other people. I don't. Yeah, know. Well, I think. I mean, that would. I think. I my understanding is that would require Activision shareholders probably to vote on that kind of thing. So, I don't I, know. So this will be in the news for a bit longer. Yeah, we're not getting yeah, rid of the story yeah, for, anytime for, soon. For, for quite a while. I mean, they've got until next June to close the deal. And those lawsuits are all, or some of them are still pending. All of the Activision Blizzard stuff from California is still pending, or did they settle? I'm not sure. I haven't seen much of that in the news recently. Yeah, I wonder. If, I wonder how much of that is gets muddied up by some of this stuff too. Big business. Just to remind everybody, $68.7 billion deal on yes. the table there. Billion. Billion dollar deal. $68.7 billion. Billions and billions. <laughs> Would enable Microsoft to suppress competitors to its Xbox gaming consoles, says, says the statement about that deal. Again, not really wrong. No. <laughs> um. All right, that is the news. Obviously, the biggest stuff there. People chatting away, talking about them. Game awards. Sound off in the comments below. What are your? <laughs> we want to hear from you. I do want to hear from you. I want to hear from you on our Discord. I want to hear from you in other avenues that are. I not- want to hear how you're doing. I want to know how you're going. I kind, of, it, I kind of live watched uh, the Game Awards on the Discord with people, and that was a fun experience. Yeah, I was in there for a little bit until I had to bounce out. Um, if you want to join us on the Discord or join people on the Discord, you can. But before I get to that, let me just mention, we do have emails for this show. We're not doing them this week because we're running on time. But we do have emails, and you can email us at podcast at nextlander.com. That's podcast at nextlander.com. Now, I do want to say, along with that, that we are getting ready to do our end-of-year shows. We're getting ready to do our Game of the Year shows, and we were going to, we're going to have two episodes of those, one that will run during the holiday break that we're taking off, 
uh, one the week before that. So your emails might not make it onto those shows. That's what I'm saying. So if you want to wait, I understand. I get it. Cue them up. Cue them up. Or if you want to just put them out there in the in the ether or in the queue, you could do that as well. That's right. We Read appreciate everything that comes in. That's right. That's podcast at nextlander.com. Now, getting back to this Discord thing, this Discord, you can get on by going to patreon.com slash next Next, next what now? <laughs> Nextlander. Patreon.com slash nextlander. And you can join one of the best gaming communities out there. there it be- is a great one. Can't say enough nice things about it. It's fantastic. I want to thank our mods for helping uh, guide that community and all the people in there chatting talking helping me find the games to play helping me find what to do with my gasoline uh uh, storage issues patreon.com slash nextlander you could get in there find a tier that is right for you a whole bunch of different options one of those tiers will get you a video ramble cast it gets you the never been a better podcast which has uh, this week, or not this week, but the one that is up for December has Abby Russell and Jeff Bacalar. They're talking about snakes. They're talking about reproduction with snakes. Talking about Thanksgiving. Whole bunch of stuff. You won't believe what they're talking about on there. It's wild. Uh, one of the tiers on there, the Mysterious Benefactor tiers, gets their names written down. And then read, and then read on this show. You're falling apart here at the end, man. I am falling apart. Alex Navarro, do you yes. have the ability to save this, pick it up from me, to read these mysterious, mysterious benefactors to our audience? I am channeling the names. I am reaching across the ethereal plane, uh-huh. and I have obtained this information from deep in the cosmos. Hmm. Our mysterious benefactors for this week are... John Richardson, Fornak, Kelly F., James Smith, Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Brad's mid-sized voodoo you do, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejsky, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Bunny Thorpe Stay Healthy Crimes, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Razgriz, two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R., Kevin Villato, Randy Duax, Andrew Teepkin, Alex Wu, It Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Michael Jonathan Black, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Trees. And those are our mysterious benefactors for this week. And I want to give a big thank you to all of them and a big thank you to everyone who has supported us over on the Patreon, who supported us watching our our videos over on Twitch or YouTube or listening to this here podcast. Going to be around any family for the holidays? Don't forget to mention your favorite podcast, Nextlander. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody Tell wants to friends. hear about it. Tell them about it. If they're like, I don't know, I just don't know what to get somebody. Be like, I got the thing for you. This Nextlander podcast. It's give not the- a gift. It's just a thing that happens every week, but <laughs> this, you might like it. <laughs> this holiday, give the gift of us. Give the gift of Nextlander to the Put those. Nextlander under your tree. I will scream until I am unwrapped, <laughs> but you can put me under there. Uh, we do appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. We have some stuff going on this week. We mentioned earlier in the show we will be streaming 
Uh, some grab bag stuff, possibly some crisis core on Thursday. Maybe we'll get into some choo-choo trains with choo-choo Charles if we have time. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the stuff we talked about here will certainly make its way onto that grab bag stream. If you missed on Monday, we streamed. Oh my gosh. Wait, we streamed. I can do this. Vinny can do this. Drum High on life. There yes. you go. High on life. Spoken. And Forspoken, the Forspoken demo. You can go check that stuff out now. I was going to say Callisto Protocol, but that was... That was last week, buddy. I've been playing a lot of Callisto Protocol. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a fun... Sounds like you might have been playing too much of maybe. it. Maybe. Is there too uh, much? You're, you're close enough. Yeah. Might as well. You might as uh, well. And then uh, Friday, you won't want to miss it. We're getting back into The Devil in Me, the Dark Pictures Anthology. Abby Russell will be joining us. Possibly the conclusion. I don't know. I don't know how long that game is, but judging by other Dark Pictures anthologies, I'd say we're probably nearing the end there. We're probably wrapping up. Feels like it. Feels like it. And then, like I said, uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to be having our Game of the Year episodes for this podcast, which means we will be doing two days worth of, um, I was going to say deliberations, but we're going to be reviewing our Game of the Year picks and the stuff that we think stands out from 2022 and if you're uh, uh wondering there are games that do stand out i it's have true. i have i have already started assembling a list and i'll tell you what they're pretty good games speak for yourself i like every video game exactly the same exactly the wow. same it's a pie chart that is just split 52 different ways for 2022 all, all are created equally in my eyes and then there's the bigger circle that just says elden ring it's just it's big you know fair fair Elden Ring won that uh, Game Awards thing. It's a pretty good game. I can't yeah, remember what's I, won in the past, but that's a good game. Gosh, I'd have to go back and look. But the way God of War was picking up award after award, I just kind of thought it was going to be a sweep. Mm. Uh, but I'm glad that I'm glad that Elden Ring brought it home. Agreed. They deserve it. It's it's a fantastic game. Uh, that's going to do it for this show. Thank you, Brad. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Don't forget, during the season of people fighting about video games, we're all here to have a good time. We're all... you If you like it, then you win. You know? That's what it is. That's what it is. And if you like what I like, then we both win. And then if you support me in liking what I like, then we can win the internet. So team up with me to get my games Uh-oh. on top of the list. Oh, buddy. <laughs> nope, nope. Oh, buddy. Are we campaigning here? No, no, mm. no. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week. I gotta get my platform together. <laughs> we'll be back next week with more from the Next Lander Podcast. See ya.